Yes, hello. I am James Rowland, and today is the Dublin R482. It's WWE Money in the Bank 2023. I'm not alone of a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. Up first, by my side for every WWE and mostly every AEW show, is, of course, fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. How's it going? Hello. Yes, hi. Um, happy Saturday, everyone. What do you mean, mostly? I missed, oh. like, the odd one or two. You've missed one, which is Forbidden Door. So what were your what were your thoughts on Forbidden Door before we move on? Um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I can't say that I was a little bit disappointed to hear that Adam Cole's match happening very sad, uh, last minute. But overall, I think um, sort of structurally uh, the, the show went well. Um, I think Kenny and uh, Will had uh, another great match of the year candidate. Um, and I, I just was completely shocked by... Uh, the, the main event, I did not see Brian Danielson picking up that win over Okada. They both went hard. Yeah, no, it was a crazy event. But tonight, Money Bank, are you looking forward to today's show? So it should be... Should be... Yeah, I'm very eager and interested to hear um, all of my thoughts on this. There were some pretty sort of interesting decisions that were made in these matches um, that I, I'm pretty sure none of us saw coming. So um, I'm looking forward to kind of diving into this and, and uh, divulging in each and every match. Yeah, we're actually out of that. Well, up next, our resident NXT expert and New Japan deity. It is, of course, Monty. How's it going, fella? Doing good. Doing good. Happy to be back. And, uh, man, really excited to be talking about Money in the Bank. Uh, a really, really strong premium live event. They've been on a roll, and I'm happy to, con- to talk about how WWE is continuing to keep this thing going. And uh, also, I want to hear your live. You were there. You were, you were there live. I want to hear your live experience in more detail. I know you had a good time, but now I want to, uh, you know, want to want to share that with everyone else. So yeah, I can't wait to do this, man. Well, like I said, man, I'm glad we didn't do it 24 hours after the event last week because you you know how hyped I was then. So hopefully <laughs> you can right. bring me down. Hopefully you guys as well can bring me down a little bit if I do get a bit overexcited, shall we say? Uh, (laughs) I'm looking forward to it last but by no means least well when it comes to Friday I always earn but don't try to teach me I've got nothing to learn because baby I'm gifted you know what I mean USDA certified lean I'm the man yeah I'm going to try and sing badly come no nothing can break nothing can break me down I got gas in the tank I got money in the bank I got news for you baby you're looking at the man, yes. Well, not the man, but definitely the woman of the podcast is, of course, Gina. How you doing? Hey, I'm all good, thanks. I'm glad to have missed Forbidden Door last week, but um, I'm ready for this Money in the Bank one. Yeah, you're back with Avengers. I'm not going to tell you if you want predictions yet. I'll let you guys know in a little bit. But what were your thoughts of Forbidden Door? Just quickly. Oh, I really loved it. I loved Forbidden Door. It always shows me wrestlers that I haven't necessarily looked into that much. And I more mean in, in the side of New Japan's side of wrestlers. Um, I'm really looking forward to the upcoming G1. So for me, this was a great kind of like reminder of who's who in the New Japan side. And it's always great just seeing them cross over, especially with AEW. You know, they're, they're crossing over with some of your favorites. So it was it was a great um 
pay-per-view for me. And like my sister said, I did not see the outcome of that final match coming. So definitely surprised, but it was super good. Yeah, well, let's hope there's some more uh, frills and spills on today's show. Uh, but before we start with Money in the Bank, one of the things being at the O2 Arena before the show started was uh, the sign coming up that Darren Drozdov had passed away. For anybody with W Superstar Droz, who suffered an in-ring injury in 1999 that left him paralysed from neck down in a match with D'Lo Brown on SmackDown. I'll never forget that. Uh, he died at the age of 54. Now, I mean, Monty Draws had such a huge impact in WWE, but because of the kind of injury that he suffered, he was kind of always known to, you know, the boys had to kind of show respect. Uh, you know, he he had, it was an awful experience for him. You know, it, it is a sad time as well, because Draws is a guy that is, is, like I said, we know the name because of what happened. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think anybody wants to remember him for the gimmick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, of just throwing up everywhere. Like as much as I, as much as some people of that era of wrestling may have enjoyed that. Uh, He's yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't a He's fan. Yeah, I was not a fan. <laughs> That's I don't understand why That's... Vince. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I don't. I don't forgot what doc it was, but Vince. Oh my God, he just he couldn't get enough of the <laughs> of him puking, yeah. and I'm just like, what the hell is wrong with you, Vince? But uh, yeah, I agree. You know, besides that being memorable for that gimmick, he was definitely memorable for how his career ended. And uh, it was always one of those things, one of those things you heard stories about from that time. You saw how, how it impacted D'Lo's career. Like D'Lo was a guy who was, you know, European champion, uh, had had all the tools to possibly be something even more in WWE or WWF at the time. But, you know, after that unfortunate accident, he kind of, lost his confidence and he ended up getting fired and never really was the same, even though he's still contributing and doing, uh, doing an awesome job. I think he still works at impact. So yes, shout out to D-Lo. I love D-Lo. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you better recognize man. D-Lo was my guy growing up. One of them anyway, I love the whole nation pretty bad anyway, but draws. Yeah. Like you said, one of those guys that was a, I wouldn't say a cautionary tale, but it was definitely one of those things that, that they talked about, you know, and they was always respectful and always had a lot to say because, you know, any wrong, one wrong move could have you ending up, you know, in that situation where you're a paraplegic and where things, where your whole life could have been completely different because it really was just a regular powerbomb. It wasn't even nothing crazy that did it, you know, a run out powerbomb and that was it for draws. And it was very, very unfortunate. But, and it's, it was sad to hear that news. Too, you know, at how they did it because it was a surprise to not only you guys in the arena, but uh, us too that on sitting at home online. Like I couldn't believe it when I saw the graphic. I was like, "Wow, this this is must was really fresh." So it was really really sad. But uh, you know, again, uh, like you said, he'll always be remembered, even if it uh, even if it was. And Mark Henry had had like a great story about just how much he loved Draws off. He was always beloved by the boys too. Mm. So I prefer to remember him that way that he was just a great person attached uh, uh, along with his legacy as a wrestler he was a great person so it was really sad well people can go back as well and watch uh him being the third member of lod and throwing hawk off the titan tron if they want uh yeah like i said joss's career he had some pretty bad angles (laughs) (laughs) he didn't have any ups but he definitely will be missed um we're going to move on to Money in the Bank and the build-up to it. We'll start with Raw June 5th with Becky Lynch and uh, Zoe Stark qualifying for Money in the Bank. And then SmackDown June 9th, 
It was all about, um, of course, Jey Uso and being told he was getting groomed uh, to be the next tribal chief. And would he believe it or not? Heyman, of course, told Jay everything about it, you know, saying the blames last week on Jimmy, claiming he'd been jealous on his brother. Backstage, Sami Zayn attempts to talk sense into Jay Uso, mind him of the manipulation of Roman Reigns, and urges him to listen to his heart. Uh, we get Santos, Butch, Bailey, and Eo qualifying for. Oscar got a new title, but was interrupted by Charlotte. Jaxi, I could hear you screaming from here. You know, Oscar's finally going to get a new moment, and Charlotte comes back. <laughs> um, yeah, I really did just, like, lose my shit hearing her music just interrupt Oscar. <laughs> um, you know, I think that this is going to be one of those feuds that I am going to forever just be annoyed by but I also I'm just itching and waiting to see Oscar finally get that big W over Charlotte um she hasn't really done that in terms of a title defense yet so we kind of should have seen this coming um so yeah yeah I was a said it's a bit it's a bit of a shame Oscar can't seem to get a moment of spotlight without Charlotte being around uh, we then have yeah. the US title main event with uh, Fury and Jay and we see an Emmett superkick from Jimmy attempting to save his brother, Doom Jay, to defeat uh, to Austin. Jay was left in a state of uncertainty, not sure who to trust. I'm sure we'll find out soon. Raw, June 12th, Ripley got a new title, where the women's world title, mini version of Seth's. I mean, Gina, what's your thought on this? Because the women's titles now are basically miniature version of the men's, known as the WWE Women's Championship, and I think the world women's title whatever the fuck it's called do you think that's a good idea um no I don't <laughs> I don't see the point in them doing this I really don't because if they're saying that they don't have enough you know female tag teams on NXT to keep this running you're lying because you literally just brought three different tag teams up from to the main roster from NXT there are plenty of women still there on the roster as well and to be honest, like you, you put these random ladies together in tag teams just to break them up two weeks later, anyway. So I don't see the point in them merging them because I also don't see how they're going to treat the tag belts any better to what they have been so far. Um, again, I won't go into it too much now because we'll talk about it later on in the in the show. But I just don't see what they're expecting to come of this when they gave the belts to Sena and Ronda I generally thought right they're going to shape this tag team to division now for the for the ladies and as we all know that's shot to shit so for me I don't see the point in them doing this it feels utterly pointless to me and it just it kind of in my eyes solidifies that the women's division is kind of dead at this point because they can't even be bothered to put effort into the storylines or the belts so, no, this didn't make sense to me. Cool. I mean, like I said it would be interesting to see what happens with the tag team division as well. Uh, we see Priest being ripped off money in the bank, and he took Drew's spot, the bastard. Uh, Balor challenged Rollins. Crowd sang Seth's song throughout the whole promo. Well done, Kansas. See, it's not just UK that can be good crowds. Uh, the champ called Finn a bitch. Owens the same beat Gunther and Ludwig in the main event. July 16th, SmackDown. Yes, boy, it's happening. Pretty Deadly won a grueling gauntlet match to cement 
our destiny as I watch them become WWE Tag Team Champions. Monty, I tell, how long ago did I tell you this, Monty? You know, it was a couple of years ago I told you how good Pretty Deadly was, and I predicted they would win the tag team titles at, uh, in the UK. They're just brilliant, aren't they? And how grueling was that tag match? Hey, five opponents had to get through. <laughs> right, I agree. They definitely, uh, you know how I feel about Pretty Deadly. I'm right on the bandwagon with you. All the way from NXT UK, they won me over, not only with their character work, but just the way they put their tag matches together. And uh, yeah, man, it was awesome to see them uh, prevail in this spot and get a shot. But I just want to, I want to calm you back down. I was nowhere near as optimistic as you because I know who our tag champions uh, is. So, yeah, I was yeah, like, I was like, I love that you got this shot, but okay, we're 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 a little too soon here. You're probably not gonna dethrone Sammy and Kevin, but I'm definitely happy because this does send the message, in my opinion, or at least uh, puts out the message that they are one of those teams or one of those prominent tag teams that will be in WWE. Uh, for the future, it's not going to be like some of these other NXT tag teams that we've seen come up, be great in NXT, NXT UK, and then on the main roster they just they have nothing for you. You know, uh, they they can't. You know, they dropped the ball with a lot of tag teams over the years when it comes to NXT. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty much all of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If yeah. they don't break up, they they fail miserably. So, uh, <laughs> I'm very optimistic that Pretty Deadly will be a a dominant team going forward in WWE, and I'm cool with that. I'll take that victory from this moment. <laughs> yes, yes, boy. Uh, Belair showed a different side on the Grayson Waller effect, but the question was on SmackDown, would Jey Uso fall in line? Uh, there was a great moment where Jey walked, uh, walked past Sami Zayn, and he didn't say anything. They just exchanged looks, and you knew kind of months after this storyline, kind of a year after it began, the little moments that kind of make it so special. Um, Reigns said, I was only meant to get us to the promised land. Wiseman said he would start grooming you. We've been grooming you for three years now. You're meant to lead. Just not yet. Uh, the problem is not your brother, Jay. The problem is our cousin, Jimmy, interrupted. You can't be troubled, Treef and the twin at the same time, Reigns said. Yeah, I've been trying to keep up with your ass. An emotional hurt, Jay, told his brother. What, you're out. I'm out too, Jay said to Jimmy for uncorking a super kick on Reigns. Solo got hit by a double kick from the Usos. Paul Heyman slivered to the floor like a snake. He is, and finally, Jimmy and Jay laid out Roman. Jaxie, what a fucking payoff for the Usos, eh? And what a moment this was when Jay finally realised Roman Reigns deserved it. Yeah, I mean... You know, there's always going to be that that level of, you know, um, emotion, emotional tie, so to speak, um, with Jimmy and Jay. So watching that split second moment uh, before he says, you know, so am I, and then just kicked him in the face. It was like a, a, a really feel good moment. There was a lot of adrenaline watching, you know, both the Usos just kind of take him back a lot of their pride, a lot of the dignity that that Roman has taken away from them. And, you know, all of us had seen this being built up over time. This this wasn't just uh, about Sammy in all of this. Sammy was like the, the the Kickstarter of opening up the Usos' eyes to see like you know how how much they are under Roman's thumb, how much they are put down by him, and how much uh, 
they're really underappreciated for the talent, you know. So this is them taking back their lives. This is brilliant. Um, it, it left you really excited for the pay-per-view, you know. You really wanted uh, to see what was going to be the outcome of this. Well, Shadow, like I said, it just feels like the storyline. You think it's peaked. You know, I thought Rumble, like Sammy's saying, it just keeps building and building and building as well. It is fantastic. Can we also give a shout out to Jay? Because whenever he delivers a promo, the emotion behind it, you feel it in your gut. Everybody Mm. does. So Jay's promo's on point. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, Raw, June 19th, Chumper returned in his friendship with Miz. Miz didn't call him. It's that simple. Logan Paul was an out in the bank match. And Trish beat Raquel by DQ to get into the Money in the Bank match as well. Uh, Smackdown, June 23rd. Uso started the show. There's no doubt their face run will be great. Ronda Virginia beat Alba Fire and Dawn to become undisputed tag team champions. It was fun whilst it lasted, Monday, wasn't it? You know, and like Gina was saying... To have the titles now um, like this, I mean, let's hope Fire and Dawn can recover from it. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I think after, uh, you know, with some, with time, everything. I think, especially that, I think they're gonna stick together as a team. And now that, uh, you know, I think they'll be fine. I really don't. I think it, this will hurt them because they, they put up a, a good fight, but nobody, truthfully, in my opinion, I thought. Believe that they were going to beat Shayna and Ronda, especially at this stage of their of their yeah. career. And it was Monty, pointless. I, I won't uh, say that. Hmm? Uh, I wanted to ask Monty though. Like, do you think that they did a bit of a disservice? Maybe like just bringing them up, just maybe slightly too quickly. Like maybe after a couple of weeks, no. maybe after this pay per view, then had brought them up. Do you not think that that might have actually? Um, you know, save them a bit of credibility because, of, like, I mean, of course, we're going to be going into talking about money in the bank in a minute, but I just can't help but feel like if if they made their debut onto the main roster after this event, I think that there would be a lot more sort of hype behind, you know, sort of the women's tag division and and, and what's to come, the future of it. You know, um, I'm just wondering yeah. what you think about it. Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. Uh... Honestly, I think maybe yeah, you can make that case that um now you know in hindsight, sure, yeah, it, it would be it would have worked uh, much better now. But I do think that even though they lost this match, uh, it was it didn't really hurt them as much as I feel like it just sends the message to me that NXT does not want to book those tag belts anymore. So it's yeah. like that's really what I got from. It. I just got from okay, so NXT after giving away most of their tag division, I guess it makes sense that they don't have. That they they're just like all right cool merge it with the other belt because we don't really have a tag division anymore and okay. you guys the, the the actual women's tag champions can start back coming down to NXT to defend I don't know if they're ever gonna actually do that again but that's what they claim they're gonna start back doing so and and, and it's fine I think Isla and and uh and uh Alba are actually themselves both are a hundred percent ready for the spotlight and ready mm-hmm. for the main roster I think just so far the presentation of who they are. Is, has not been as good. They haven't had the time. Like, just just doing vignettes every now and then on SmackDown, and then out of nowhere, you have, like, one match, and now you're challenging against Ronda and Shayna. You know what I mean? Like, the presentation just hasn't been there. They are fine, and if you give them time and build them up with the right way, I think it'll be good. But yeah. uh, give- I think this says more so about NXT's women's division than what's going on on mm-hmm. the main roster. True. 
So, speaking of the women's tag division, Liv Morgan returned, uh, and with the girl said down the champs, and yes, boy, pretty deadly with new glitter ball. I do like glittery balls. Uh, we're on the Grayson Waller effect, then cap that off, beating the Street Profits. Even though Ford did look good in PD attire, Charlotte beat Lacey. Remember when Lacey Evans meant something? And then the main event, Sheamus versus Solo, ended in a no contest. As Sokoa threatened further damage, Yosas hit the ring and took down a brother with barrage or super kicks. Raw go home June 26th, Riddle versus Gunther. Rousey, Baz versus Liv Bacow added to Money in the Bank. More importantly, NXT champion Carmella Hayes lost to Finn Balor. Our boy, Carmelo, lost to Finn. I mean, what's that about? Uh, Honestly, I feel like this is one of them, uh, and maybe it's because I'm used to watching New Japan and the more experienced person, for the most part, is always going to win the match in New Japan. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm not really that shocked here. I was happy to see him on Raw. The fact that he's NXT champion and getting this spotlight or pretty much an impromptu debut, uh, introducing new faces to people who don't watch NXT regularly, got a chance to see what he can do in the ring. And it's in the ring against somebody not only that he had kind of, he really wanted to uh, fight at some point because he really uh, look up and respect Finn Balor. It was in a situation where, honestly, you don't want Finn to lose here. Finn is primed for a world title shot. So I just thought, I knew it was going to be a stretch for Melo to pull off an upset or something. But I do think if he looked good in defeat, and that's kind of the goal in this scenario, if you see what I'm saying, because he is the NXT champion, and you just want to you just want to uh, introduce him to people. At least that's what it felt like to me. I felt like this was just more of a let's put him in the ring and show you guys not only why he's NXT champion, but why he's the future of this company. Yeah, I think. I mean, Gina, did you see it? Were you impressed with Carmella Hayes? And did you? Would you watch NXT? Because let's not forget, Seth Rollins and Bron Bright. Uh, Seth Rollins went down to NXT a couple of weeks previously. Um. Yeah. Well, I find it hard. So I always go with Carmella Hayes with the win. I don't know why, because I don't watch NXT. But for me the little clips that I have seen here and there of Carmelo Hayes, he's always looked like he's been on it. So he's always been like a safe bet for me to go for, but I'm not, I wouldn't exactly say that this, this has made me want to watch NXT anymore, more from a, a, a time point of view. I just don't have the time to add more wrestling to my weekly shows. If I had the time in the world, would I consider watching NXT? Probably. Yeah. Because there are quite a, a few guys that have come up from the NXT brand that I didn't get to see in NXT, and I was quite gutted about that. So it would have been nice to have seen sort of where they grew from in the NXT brand and then coming up to this main roster show. So no, it's not enticed to me to watch NXT anymore, but that's more because of I don't have the time to, not because I don't want to, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, also, also... yeah, I mean... I'm still interested, though. Yeah, and what's better as well, rather than an NXT guy just coming up and people going, he's from NXT, you'll be like, oh, shit, that's Carmella Hayes. We saw him a couple of months previously, you know? So then, again, you kind of yeah. know the talent a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah, right. So on to a bit of news. And i tell you what, Pedro Morales is having a bad few months. His record of 425 days as in the is getting closed in on by Gunther, who became only the fourth man in W history to hold the title for a year. Macho and, of course, Honky Tonks 
450 door record reign are in sight. That wasn't bad enough. Roman will pass his 1,027-day reign as WWE champion. Not only that, but spoiler alert, what happened with Money in the Bank, if Damien Priest becomes world champion, he loses the record for only Puerto Rican world champion. What have people... I mean, Monty, what have people's problem with Pedro Morales? You know, wasn't he a legend? And now look at this. Talk about a bad month. No, see, I think you're taking about you're taking this wrong the wrong way. Look how long it took for somebody to touch some of these records, man. Like he he did he was a, a great champion, obviously world champion and a great intercontinental champion, as you can see. And then you know, uh, I think I definitely know he uh, they wouldn't mind the the uh, the last one. That's great. That's just you're finally adding someone else to the ranks. It's a damn shame this company been around this long. And <laughs> we only got he'll be that'll only be the second Puerto Rican champion. Like like no, I think you know uh, this is all that one is an awesome one, and no one likes their records being broke. One hundred percent, I know that for a fact. I don't care who you are, I don't care what it is, but eventually, you know, it's gonna happen. And I I, I can't say that Roman and Gunther like look at the people who are doing it. Roman Gunther and Priest, that's pretty good. Pretty good three guys that I would I wouldn't mind breaking some records and you know they held for a very long time so I'm pretty sure he's fine with it I'm pretty sure I'm pretty I sure they'll get over. He's pissed. I reckon he's a, <laughs> it's you son of a bitch. Just say <laughs> save one of my yeah, records, please. Someone get injured. Just hoping beyond hope. Just someone. Come on. He um, want priest to bear Corbin it now. Like yeah. just screw up his cash in. Or something. <laughs> right, so I, I am going to apologise to everybody listening and you three as well for the next kind of hour or so because it's going to be very self-indulgent. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but it's my pod and I do what I want. <laughs> so bear with me, guys. If it's too much, just let me know. All right? Uh, but the last time WWE was in the O2 Arena was May 14th, 2019, an episode of SmackDown followed by 205 Live. Coincidentally... I was there for May 13th, episode of Raw. Uh, that was the same day my niece was born, so I kind of never forget she nearly ruined Raw for me. Uh, but what's strange about that is that uh, <laughs> that was the last time WWE at the O2 Arena, and the next time they were there, I was also there. Uh, I travelled up Friday and Saturday by myself, even though I told Jaxie and Gina to come with me. I mean, Jaxie, I don't want to rub salt into the wound. I guess you regret it a little bit now. Yeah. Come on. I mean, don't because you know, even watching it, I was I was way pissed that I wasn't there, you know. But I mean, I can't help it when it's a special birthday within the family. You have responsibilities to be there, so I could not unfortunately be there. Although I was kind of gutted but excited to know that you were there representing us. Oh yeah, no, I mean, like I said, but it was. I'm not going to lie; it was two hundred and fifty pound a ticket which is just extraordinary amount. I think it's the most I've ever paid for a ticket ever. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sorry, but who just has that? Yeah, i got 250 this month just lying around to be able to pay for a goddamn ticket. Who some, has that? Some have got a huge... Well, clearly you. So, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would say 250 on PlayStation the games, world. okay? <laughs> well... Monty, <laughs> you mentioned green shirt guy, and I'll get to once we got into arena, we saw the green shirt guy, and most chanted for him. I chanted "fuck off" because I hate him there, and I don't know how he got such a good seat, and it pisses me off. Oh, he always but get good seats. He man. got a chant. To be fair to him, and there was a great moment 
as well when I sat in my seat and I said, oh, fucking Hulk Hogan. And the guy turned to me and went, what, you like Hulk Hogan? I said, no, look, there's Hulk Hogan over there. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Someone dressed up as him, which, again, is a great yes. moment. At, uh, a kind of Same thing at the Royal Rumble hat. There's always somebody dressed up like someone who's been retired for 30-something years. <laughs> I just don't know. You Macho know. Man was at the Royal Rumble, so yeah. Well, the thing is, like Friday night, they didn't. The doors didn't open till like half six, and the event didn't start till eight. But there was a point where I was kind of getting the subway sponsorship, please. And there was a huge line, and I thought, yeah, I bet that's entrance B. Like laughing to myself, I went over and asked, and they went, no, it is. So then I was like, oh, for fuck's sake! So I had to queue for like an hour to get in, uh, which you know. And the, I tell you what, the people in front and behind were great. The guy in front of me, I didn't catch his name, but he had his kid, and he was fucking more excited than his child, which which I love about wrestling, talking about, you know, who would show up, what SmackDown would be about, and also the guy behind me had never been to an event and wants to know what it was like, and I just turned around and said, it's going to be loud as shit. Just get ready to, ne- to not be here. <laughs> it's just going to... Because the sound of you guys knows is just... Un, un, isn't it? <laughs> like that. It's it's guttural. Um, and another thing I had to do was tell them that Pretty Deadly not only was the greatest tag team on earth, but were British. Do you know the amount of people that didn't know they were British in that queue? It was crazy. <laughs> now, honestly, like, what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> I was saying, no, Pretty Deadly, no, they're English. Let's cheer them. No, fuck that. No, so, you, so you're basically confirming the Brits don't watch anything I mean... either? <laughs> Come on, man. I didn't know that they were British either until it was pointed out. But to be fair, I've not not seen them before they joined the main roster. So you you can give me that credit. Um, Fair, but like, come on, Jay. Like, seriously, were we the only two people watching NXT UK? NXT UK, there was more New Japan fans there than fucking NXT. Like, NXT UK was not... Impact was more rep- more represented. Like there were people oh who just like the, the, the cross section of people that just a looked like me first and foremost, uh, and then just in bigger or smaller kind of groups. And then you kind of knew. <laughs> was, uh, and I tell you, the one person because usually you get like the woos and the stuff like that in the queues. And all we had was L A night. Yeah. yeah, that was Friday night. Woo. Was all about L A night. It just was a kind of <laughs> groundswell. I don't know who started it, uh, but we were like, all right. Uh, we got into the event for SmackDown, and it was the OC. Remember them? Uh, versus LW in a dark match to start with the Gardo theme. And you know much how I dig the Legado theme, Monty, so that was quite good. Uh, of course, Legado getting, <laughs> getting a win there. Fans in the cheap seats wanted the lights off. Um because obviously such a big crowd, WWE want to show it on TV, but the fans couldn't see shit. So again, it's, I'm surprised it didn't show up on television, them chanting that, but WWE is such a big machine. They probably just, you know, managed to sort it out. Oh no, they edited the hell out of SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, and saying they didn't edit, Owens and Zayn, um, their reaction yeah. they got, Versus Pretty Dead to start the show. I mean, it shows you how over those two are as as faces for the UK guys. Probably because fifty percent of the crowd didn't know who they were British. But again, no, just there was no <laughs> home home advantage as it was there. I mean, it is just like 
I mean, Jackson with Sami Zayn, there is just a connection. Me and Monty talked about last week, like Eddie Edwards with AEW. Sami Zayn has just got that connection with a WWE crowd, no matter where he goes. And Owens isn't far behind, is he? You know. Um, I have to agree. I think that it, you know, it's not only the way that Sami's character has been built up. You know, that has ended up like catching the hearts of the WWE universe. But I think it's like the effort that he puts in. Um, he was very underrated for so many years, and I think a lot of people actually went back to watch his run in NXT alongside Kevin Owens because of like you know how well talked about uh, that their rivalry was in NXT. I know I. Uh, didn't didn't watch any NXT with them in uh, at first, but then when they came to the main roster, I went back to watch their stuff. You know, so th- they've really built something for themselves, and and over the years, their fans have just stayed loyal to them. So to see them in this uh, elevated position as double title holder, I think um, it, it it doesn't matter whether or not you're in the UK or what country you're in. I think they're going to be beloved by everyone. Oh, they they've truly truly were. We love singing. <clears throat> Sammy's theme. And like I said, pretty deadly low, great outfits. The tag titles either sleeve. I'm thinking, it's a done deal, man. Why would they get the outfits made if they're not <laughs> if they're not gonna win the gold, man? Like gear was dope. Yeah. He looks clever. Oh. I'll give them that. Well damn it, my boys did come close, you know. I rewatched it, uh, and again, really, really good match. But Owens Lane, especially that injury. When Owens went down, I was like, fuck it, this could be it. You know, like a meerkat getting on its, you know, like hind legs. I was like, this could be it. Uh, unfortunately not. But, I mean, Gina, <laughs> I know I've gone on about Pretty Deadly, but even you've got to admit they were impressive in this matchup. Oh, definitely. They became a team that I'm going to truly love to hate. Um, they play heels really well. Um, and again, for me, it's a new um, tag team that I've seen. I haven't seen any of their run or their promos in NXT. So when I saw them come up, I thought, oh, they're going to be jobbers again, you know, sort of jobbing out for whatever tag belts. Um, but to be honest, I can I can definitely see them going for a long tag run at some point in the future. They seem super cool. And they're both really good on the mic. So it makes you more intrigued to be like, okay, who are you going to pick a fight with next? So I will admit there was a slight, like, little 10% of me that was kind of rooting for them in the match. Like, oh, go on, you got this? You know, just slightly rooting. Not that I wanted them to win, but more because I didn't know them at the time. But will I be happy to see them as some future tag belt holders? Yeah, I will be. Yeah, we're actually, yes, boy, we're actually out of that. I tried to start a, um, a pretty deadly, but it didn't go, didn't go far at all. Uh, and I, I didn't want to be that guy. You know, there was one guy, you know, a few rows in front, who just persistently thought he could start every chant. And you just can't. And at the end of the night, you just got a sore throat. Uh, but again, really fun stuff. We see Ridge Holland, he's English, don't you know, getting squashed by Theory. Even who, who fed Theory beat with a drop kick? Like, poor Ridge, you know. Then a long. Oh my time. God! I'm I'm glad you said that, James. How he beat him with a, a drop kick. Okay, so at this point, yes, I did know Richard is British. So for me, I was like, he's got this one in the bag because he's home. You know, so you're going to make him lose to theory, and not only just that, but lose to that poor drop kick. Wow! Yeah. Just wow. 
And then we get a long video on Bloodline. And, you know, if you're wondering what do you do in the arena whilst that happens, you just sit and watch it. You know, it's like 15 minutes wasted. Like, and they're not even <laughs> just sitting there going, do, 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 waiting for Bailey to come out. Uh, she beat Shotzi in the match we should have had last week. Also cut Shotzi's hair. Uh, we get the... Great... Jackson, you hate the baby chant as well, didn't you? Oh, God, yeah. Um, guys, do we, do we have to kind of always... Can, you know, I know that that is a very British song and everything like that, but for me, it is a bit cringy. <laughs> Especially when it's going, you're singing it for Bailey. No, it's, I agree. It's really you know, cringy. I, I kind of cringed at that whole part, so... <laughs> Uh, then we had the Grace and Waller effect. Do you know so many stagehands? I didn't think there could be that many, but I tell you, the whole crew were magical. Like the unseen people behind the scenes of WWE events, kind of have to bring the ladder out and hang up briefcases and you know set up sets and and all this kind of jazz in between. Even the canvas after every match to make sure it looks pristine and clean. You know, and you wonder why other companies don't do that. They can't afford it. WWE can, and it shows uh, so much. Logan Paul came out. He wasn't that well-liked by us. I'm not going to lie. Um, the fuck you and your wanker Logan chance uh, really kind of that is settled down. I was very, very pleased with this. Like, the one thing that I said to my sister when we started watching this was, like, you know, this is the one time that I need the UK to represent. I need I need to hear a, a, the boo chant for Logan Paul come out. Don't let me down. And they didn't. Well, I, 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 but the thing is, I don't know what's wrong with the British crowd because we had Pretty Deadly, a British tag team, that the crowd didn't cheer. And then we had a triple threat match with uh, Pete Dunne, you know, Butch, one of the greatest... Uh, British wrestlers of his generation. Uh, no one gave a fuck because it was against LA Knight. Uh, Santos was involved as well. But everybody just cheering LA Knight. It's just like, yeah, all right, fuck it, LA Knight. <laughs> you know, you just, I, we, we're just not British yeah. anymore. You know, since Drew, we've changed. We've changed as a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any kids there chanting for Logan Paul? Because in San Antonio... It was little kids who loved Logan Paul and grown men screaming at them how much that that, that he was still a dick. I, I, so. kid you, I kid you not, right? The, the percentage was the lowest. Service. Probably about 10% kids, if that. It was just okay, gotcha. grown-ass men get, like me going there, <laughs> having the time of their fucking life. You know, it was just uh, like a school disco just at a grander scale. You know, it was just it was crazy. We then had Oscar yeah. versus Charlotte. Um, and I don't know about you, but this match just went... I, I, I was really annoyed with this because I was really looking forward to see it. And I just felt it was over way too quickly with involved. I re-watched it and I thought, a bit longer. But again, I mean, Jaxie, this is Oscar versus Charlotte. This is a WrestleMania main event. And it just kind of... Yeah. I, I know they're building up with Belair, but give it more time. Yeah, um, I... I couldn't help but uh, feel a little disappointment. I get it. Um, I can see that they're they're going for a triple th- threat match, um, like or building up to one, and and this is why they had sort of like been involving uh, Bianca in the ways that she's been getting involved. I don't know. I just felt like it was just the wrong time to do it. I felt like this was WrestleMania uh, 2.0 match for them, you know, and I wanted to see. Oscar get that pinned one two three on Charlotte and ha- actually get that win over her. So I can't help but 
like kind of still have disappointment, even though Oscar overall was sort of the, the winner um, in this scenario. Um, I was really kind of just disappointed with like the, the overall outcome. I felt like if there, if this was going to happen, maybe Bianca could have gotten involved after the match, after the pinfall happened. I don't know. It just, for me, it didn't work as well as I wanted it to. And I think it's still because I am, Still, I'm still bitter about the WrestleMania loss, so I really am still itching and waiting for Oscar to get that one, two, three pin on her. You know, it's not only that what what it looked like in the crowd, and even with the replay as well, it looked like you know. I know Oscar maybe put Belair in harm's way with Charlotte boot, but why would Belair go Oscar when it was Charlotte that kicked her in the fucking face? Like that's another thing we'd be just like, no, beat up Charlotte. She did eventually, yeah. but again, it's it was just, just like why she went that way. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what I hate know. the most about it is once again Oscar is the champion and she just doesn't really seem like she's the focus. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. they've they, they've immediately moved two other people to be the main focus. Not not even though she is the champion, she's like they've done it again to where the booking for some reason is not focused on the world champion in this situation. I don't understand it, but oh you know, we'll give it time. Right out, and then the yeah. bloodline implode. Uh, the truth is, we ain't the ones. I'm the one. I'm the only one. Roman Reigns said he was clearly shaken by the events of last week. Actually, acknowledged the chance of the crowd. Yeah, he lost his call with the chance of Roman sucks, giving credence to the idea that he's rattled. When's the last time he was pinned? Jimmy came out and asked about Reigns three years ago. Jay responded, "When's the next time he's getting tomorrow night?" The Usos also suggested Sokoa should be the next tribal chief, to which Reigns burst out laughing. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, and again, to be shut down by a forcer, he didn't find the response particularly amusing. Great facial expressions all round. Uh, Jay wiped out Reigns and Sokoa as the show came to an end. But I tell you something, Gina, not only Reigns laughing in Solo's face, but have we got the coolest move in wrestling at the moment with Sokoa just over his right shoulder at Roman Reigns. Like, that little movement that he does, I'm thinking, you're going to get fucked up one day. Honestly, that, yeah, that little movement reminded me of my father. That look that my father gives me as if to say, you do that again and I'm going to hit you. You know? It's just one of those, I'm not going to try it. I'm not even going to risk it. I'm just going to, do you know what? Let's start a new conversation and then just forget that ever happened. You know, it was one of those looks. And so every time so he has to make, Solo has to make that signature look that he does so that people know they fucked up. Mm. Yeah, like I said, it was good stuff all round building up uh, towards Money in the Bank. And then afterwards, after SmackDown finished, which was on for about an hour and 45 minutes, and you consider there was 15-minute videos, so we probably got about 90 minutes of stuff. But we did have AJ Styles versus Cross which was the same match we had on SmackDown last night, uh, actually at MSG. Same finish as well. And Austin Theory. And I tell you what, I think Austin Theory was the star of the night for me because he came out and worked the crowd brilliantly. Rey Mysterio came out, got on the mic, uh, and then we sang Theory's a wanker to Seven Nation Army uh, as Rey beat Austin, who just kind of was hating every second. Uh, and then we left, you know, quite early. Got home quite early from that as well. Thought wasn't too bad. We'll see if Money in the Bank's any different. July 1st, the O2 in London. But before that, <clears throat> there was a Undertaker show, the one-man show. Uh, where tickets were available. I think it was in Indigo. I think uh, it was about a 1,200 capacity. Uh, I Do you know what? I was six rows back aisle seat. The 
fucking looked at me, right? And you know me, I'm the biggest mark going, and that is the biggest mark, you know? For me, the Undertaker is... Monty, I I, I nearly lost my... I nearly did a Jackson You know what I mean? I couldn't... He's the reason. <laughs> That's why I, I didn't want to kind of meet him or touch him, because you when you meet your heroes, like, he's the reason I watch wrestling. Yeah. And I just was just sitting there yeah. for two hours, just in awe, you know, like mouth open, just clapping, yay! Just every everything that he was saying and doing, you know. Yeah, I hundred percent understand that. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like it's like it's different. It's not seeing your current wrestler. Like you can take pictures with someone that you watch all the time and all that, but like when you see someone that you grew up. You know, not not you just like use it all of like, and then you gotta understand. Undertaker for a long time, he wasn't making public appearances and stuff because he was always in character. He was always the Undertaker. So you know, to be able to sit there and I, I bet hearing stories from him and all that, and just you know him field questions, I bet that was a once in a lifetime type of experience because you know again he's a once in a lifetime character. Well, they they took the phone, no phones to the show, so they put the phones in little pouches and you kept them on there uh, as you went in. Uh, and of course, queuing up—that was probably the biggest queue of, of all. We did—I uh, did do queue up for the superstore earlier, but compared to the one in Cardiff, the lines here was only about fifteen minutes. The problem was was all the kind of large T-shirts were running out, so you kind of just had to go. Where are the large ones? Where, the large, where, where? I don't want any other size. I'm not small. So you know, with that, uh, kind of you know, a couple of Money in the Bank T-shirts, Cody Rhodes top as well, which I thought was pretty cool. But the Untaker queue, there was a meet and greet, I think, for £200 extra. Um, and the guy behind me was saying his meet and greet with the Untaker was 10 seconds. Now, again, it's, you know, how you doing? What's your Uh-oh. name? How you doing? And, and again, I mean, Jackson and Gina, just think how lucky we were with FTR, you know, at the New Japan event to have, yeah. what, like 40 minutes with them. And, and you know, it's, it's just yeah. like... <laughs> like 210 seconds i would be pissed like, that was free that was free as well we didn't pay for to speak to fdr they did that free yeah because yes. they were waiting around that's kind of my rule weirdly like even my interaction with drew mcintyre back in uh 2016 it was kind of free to talk to him did i buy merch afterwards yes but i do like if any even it was colt cabana or you know ricochet or whatever it was who i met I was always buying their stuff, but I would never pay to actually talk to them because I think there's a kind of a little little bit of a difference there, if you know what I mean. I agree, yeah. Um, I didn't think that, like, I mean, unless you're at a specific sort of event, like a Comic-Con, where they're actually there, you know, specifically for that. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's a bit distasteful, I think, to charge someone that amount of money and not even give them, like, a minute, let alone, you know... 10, 15 minutes of your time. They've and just taking been... a picture, I, b- I believe. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally, it was the, hi, my name is James, you know, oh, hi, I'm Untaker. I'm a huge fan. Okay, smile. There's Take a picture. picture. There you go. See you Bye-bye. But again, he did have, what, probably 500 people. Like I said, they printed money at the O2. Yeah. But, then, you know, but then limit yourself, you know? Like, limit your, if you know that you're not going to yeah. be able to do it. Uh, do 250 pounds, 10 tickets, and spend an hour with each of those those persons, and genuinely like let them 
get to know you. They've paid this money because of like you've clearly had an impact on their life. So show them the respect that they deserve yeah. for paying this money out. Do you see what I mean? This and this is, yeah. isn't me like judging the Undertaker. This could be, you know, his promotions team that shortened things as well. You know, you to limit his time. This this just wasn't thought through. I don't think. Um, but you should you should always. I know it for them is thinking about money, but like this is how you tend to lose fans as well. Like actually give them the respect of. Uh, some of your wrestlers' time, especially when you kind of showcase that that's what you do. I mean, sorry, but do you know how many um, sort of uh, special charity events that they showcase them spending time with with people, um, you know, within the hospitals, um, in the army and stuff like that? But then, you know, people that are just naturally paying for your time are not even being given the same respect. I just don't think that's very fair. Well, this is the thing. This is why I always tell people, even people listening, you know, go to your local events, go to the shows that are nearby as well, because the interaction with the wrestlers who haven't even made it yet or have kind of the other way who have been in WWE, you'll be able to, you know, interact with them and, and have a chat in, in a much kind of big way. And that's what's probably so much about New Japan, even it being a big company, to be still be shake Zack Super Jr.'s hand and see uh, a card and you know all this got up close you know that, that if um, you want to if you want an interaction with them go to those types of events because with WWE there is a kind of barrier in between I think it'd be fair to say yeah I mean like I, I, I'm not gonna lie though if there was a chance to meet the Usos I, me and G definitely would have probably tried to take it for sure but, but <laughs> this is why I didn't want to do the Untaker because it was just like it's not long enough and I'm just gonna be oh you know I've been watching ever since seeing the show I've been watching is kind of send me sleep every night. It's kind of brought me back to my childhood, and I thought if I'd have met him, he may take the shine away. Uh, and he even was saying like he's going to tell a story with his friends here, and I'm not going to tell the stories he told. There was a macho a macho man one that was fantastic. Speaking about Andre the Giant, 25 years head in the cell. He did say no one has done more with what they had than Mick Foley. It was absolutely beautiful when he was speaking about that. He was meant to do 90 minutes. He ended up doing two hours. So uh, by the time we come out, people were actually saying, like, you know, oh, fuck, we've got to queue up for, um, like, money in the bank. But the uh, the merch was interesting as well because there was no LA Knight T-shirts. And I, so, I don't know why. How do you not have LA Knight T-shirts? <laughs> LA Knight is on one of the biggest flexes that he has been on for the past, I don't know, three, four weeks now. I, I swear every city that they have gone to, LA Knight's camps have been some of the biggest yeah. just beneath Romans. So how could you sit there and not even have that much LA Knight gear? Oh, it's actually quite shocking. They Did they sell out? Or well, no, they didn't have any. They didn't have any. I read that he was one of the top merch getters of the weekend. So I, who knows? I don't know what's true anymore. Honestly, because it was. <laughs> Probably what this was one of the top merchandise because everyone realized that they didn't bring any LA Knight merchandise, so they all had to go online. <laughs> the Euroshop apparently so many ah, as well. Euroshop there. there. You go. And another thing that was available, and people were fucking furious they couldn't get hold of, were these £75 Money in the Bank briefcases, which said uh, I was there in London. People were oh, saying wow. they were willing to pay... A double and triple for these prices. Like WWE would easily have made another twenty five grand through through that, mm -hmm. you know. And again, I think WWE did it on purpose because then the items then become even more valuable unless they just didn't yes. stock up. Because you know, there's a, there's a, it's even like some of the money in the bank football shirts 
that were there that kind of sold out straight away. There were no replacements, you know. So again, a similar thing happened at the Royal Rumble with those uh, I was in San Antonio shirts and stuff. Like it was within like the first hour, people getting into the arena, they were gone. So yeah. like, they, you might be right. They might yeah. be doing that on purpose. <laughs> I tell, tell you something though. There was great. I was like a kid in the candy store uh, for the merch, queuing up for an hour and a half to get into the Untaker show, and then there was a merch stand of Untaker stuff, and I was just like, "Yes, yes, boy!" I actually turned into like pretty deadly. I got myself a nice T-shirt. I got myself an Undertaker plush, and I got myself a pop. Now this pop is Paul Bear and the Undertaker. And I, was oh on, I was looking online. It was about forty-five, fifty quid, and I thought it's a bit too expensive for a pop. And it was £30. And even with 500 people behind, I said to the woman, please, can I check the condition before I take it home with me? So I sat there checking the edges because I don't take pops out of boxes. And if anybody does, that's disgusting. Um, So really, really great stuff. Uh, And then we came out. It was half five. So we basically had to queue up for money in the bank. (laughs) So it was just into another big queue as we walked round. The kickoff did happen, though, uh, on the network. Uh, Jackie Redmond was the new host with Matt Camp and Pete Roseberg. In studio, um, Caleb Braxton then tried to talk to the bloodline. Heyman was in tears. He was worried Roman was going to tear him apart, smash him, stack him, pin him. Do you know what? That would have been great if that played in the arena or anywhere people could see it rather than the kickoff on Saturday night. Oh, you didn't see that? No, oh we didn't goodness. see. We didn't see it. We didn't have a fucking clue. We only knew about the smash and pin them when they put the tweet up before the main event, and we thought that's the angle they're going for tonight because we didn't have a clue. It was much busier as well at the O2. <laughs> Doors did open. Missed it. opportunity. Yeah, I know. Without doubt, Doors opened an hour early. We just sat there for an hour waiting for the show to start. I will say both nights was Simon next to me. Again, I do hope that's your name, mate, because it was so fucking loud. It could have been, I don't know what it was. Uh, great company, though. He wanted Dio to win, and maybe he got what he wanted. Uh, I did love the opening video, though, old friend, talking about London. Well, that got me going. Uh, and then the men's money in the bank ladder match. Uh, the participants, LA Knight. Shizuka Nakamura, Logan Paul, Ricochet, Santos Escobar, Butch, and Damian Priest. Uh, the reaction for everybody coming out was just special in itself as well. Uh, as for the match, what's good is that everybody targeted Logan at the opening bell. And this moved at a wild pace. Like, I rewatched it after watching it live as well. Uh, with Paul getting targeted and guys working together to overcome things like the size of Priest. Butch used a cricket bat as a weapon, which, of course, you have to. You're in England. Ricochet had the first big standout pop, but Paul delivered a huge frog splash onto Priest, onto a ladder, but Logan still sucks. There were some huge spots delivered by everybody from Ricochet Springboard 450 to a Butch moonsault off a ladder. The end, Ricochet and Logan Paul nearly die on the spot where Ricochet brought him off the top through two tables of Spanish fly when they weren't steady on the ropes. Priest sent Butch packing first into a ladder, the night fought of Priest, Moore and Santos to seemingly win, only for Priest to return and stop him, send him off the top, retrieving a beefcase and your new Mr. Money in the Bank, Damien Priest. Uh, who starts off? Jaxie starts off. I mean, what were your thoughts on that? Because we were on our feet throughout. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great way to open the show. I knew it would have been one of uh, the Money in the Bank ladder matches. I wasn't too sure which uh, who would start, but I thought it was a great way to open the show. Um, I thought all of the men had great spots, apart from the Ricochet Logan Paul spot, which uh, it's just, it, I do you know what I I don't even want to give them like the sort of like you fucked up sort of chance because that just kind of looked horrible, and I was just kind of hoping that they were still okay because they just still went for it, even though they really couldn't find their footing on the rope. Um, so yeah, they they kind of it definitely was a rope issue. They, they they all did well in their own ways. They had some really great standout moments. I thought Santos Escobar looked great. Um, uh, he was doing some some great work in ring. Um, I I feel I felt slightly disappointed, but uh, with the win. However, I'm so really intrigued to see where things go because I I do feel like Damian Priest has been on a real sort of. Uh, Tear at the at the moment, and even though yeah, he's a he's a, a villain. He's just like had this um, something about him, like his matches have been very standoutish, and he's getting better and better each time you see him in the ring. So I'm not actually mad at him being at, at him winning. Uh, however, I feel like WWE have got this reputation lately of like really dropping the ball when the wrestler is hot. We've seen them do this so many times and then like really fail to pick that momentum back up with them. And I feel like they're really doing that with LA Knight. Like they, they, I think this was the perfect opportunity for LA Knight to just go on like this, you know, this spur of, uh, you know, jumping across brands with this briefcase and just teasing about who he's going to be, uh, you know, cashing in on. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm disappointed that he did. He's not the, winner of this because I think that they could have done a lot with him as the Money in the Bank winner but Damian Priest well done to him he's like I said been on a real real streak at the moment so we'll see what's uh, kind of getting in store for him yeah it'll be interesting to see like I said we, we thought Ricochet and Logan had died in the crowd <laughs> we just all looked around and go, they're dead like what the fuck we don't know what the fuck it was but we know they're fucking dead I mean the table like it, it just looks so painful oh, <laughs> it was like, just stay down we were on our feet throughout with the amount of spots that was there i mean gino again it's nice watching watching this match and seeing these guys that maybe don't get a chance and as like jack's saying yes it's this point of la night but all these guys you know really haven't been uh well champion or WWE champion for and get the chance to shine and show off really really well Yeah, definitely. Again, it kind of just shines light for those who don't necessarily. So I actually have a friend who is into wrestling, but he just doesn't have the time to watch it all. So he watches the kind of catch up programs that they like to do on certain episodes, on certain channels. They just do catch ups. Um, But for him, he watches that. But then when he tries to have a bit of a laugh and a joke about wrestling with me, I know a lot more about the stories and I'm like, yeah, but you know, he only, he only did this because of this. And then he's like, what? And then I just have to then go and explain to him again. Yeah, this happened because of this. So again, he's only watching the catch up for him. He's not really taken on board. Like what's happening on the in-betweens. He's just getting the up-to-date news, you know? So for him, when he was watching Ricochet and things, he couldn't remember Ricochet's name. He's like, he just kept saying the superhero one, the superhero guy, he kept coming up like the superhero. You know, for him, he knew him as that. But for him, 
now he remembers his name because he was like, yeah, Ricochet was sick in that Money in the Bank match. I didn't realise he jumped that much and did that much. So again, for those who don't watch wrestling weekly because they don't have maybe the time to or, or you know, forget about it sometimes, I think shows like this are great to have to showcase those wrestlers who are not the common known names like Roman and everybody knows about Roman, etc. But it's just that extra space for people to elevate themselves and be like, remember, I'm here, I'm on the show, I can give you entertainment. And that's what they did. And I really hope that Ricochet, Shinsuke, um, Santos Escobar, I hope, I'm not including Logan Paul, um, I hope those three especially still get recognition for what they put into this match because they all smashed it. Yeah, they really, really... I mean, Dunn was great. Santos had his moment. Logan was fucking detested. Uh, I did see Priest biding his time at ringside. And I think Nakamura played party pooper, but we loved singing his theme. There's also a child just sold my car. Now, Monty, you probably won't know this, but it's just sold my car, Santos Escobar. And we were actually singing that song. Um, but again, not for long. Uh, I mean, Monty, what were your thoughts on this? You know, because like I said, it's a great way to open the show, and I think all seven superstars shone. Yeah, it, it kind of gave me flashbacks to, like, the very first Money in the Bank or the like, first couple of Money in the Bank when they did a good job of uh, peppering guys who hadn't been world champion before or pe- new, newer faces, and uh, they wanted to be exciting, but at the same time, you know, you didn't really have an idea. A lot of times uh, recently, or not even just, not all the time recently, but every now and then, they give you a money bank, a money in the bank match where you have multiple people who can win it. But in this one, you could have made the case for at least three or four of the guys. I even saw a compelling case that even made me understand Logan Paul. I wouldn't have went with it, but I understood what they were saying. Like I'm not saying it, it would have been right; it definitely would have been wrong. But it was believable coming into it. So uh, that's what I think gave this match that 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 extra layer of believability. And you guys were as hot as ever. You can tell you guys are waiting for an hour or salivating for this show to start because just from from the way from the moment it kicked off, you guys were ready to see the action and definitely ready for LA Knight to win. Uh, I think to talk about kind of like what Jackson said about them pulling the trigger on guys or whatever. It's just it's, it's sometimes to me I really think it's just like if the fans really want it and they want it right now, WWE is always like, no, wait, I'll tell you when you want it. I'll tell you when you really need it. It's not they're not always right with it, but I'm just saying that's just what they seem like they tend to do. The fans, everybody else could make that decision that it's time for LA night. But you know, again, my coming into predictions, I was like, the safest bet for me would be uh Priest. He's the safest bet because he it makes sense. He just got a world title shot. I understand. It. Logan Paul would make sense from a business standpoint because he does a lot of viral numbers. It'll get headlines. Him possibly being a world champion. At the end of the day, people are going to talk about it. If that's what they want, I understand. And then you got L.A. Knight, the popular choice, probably the right choice, the choice that everybody wanted to see win it and get this new life and, and uh, get a possibly a chance. But, you know, Hunter said after the show, you know, he feel like L.A. Knight is just starting. So there you go. Uh, that's his explanation. He's just really getting it built up. So we'll see. Like you said, we got to play the long game. There's one thing WWE has been doing. They've, they've been waiting, making everyone play the long game. Cody's story still ain't finished. The bloodline has been going on for three years. So every, we're playing the long game at this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we'll see how that turns out. Storytelling. 
<laughs> yeah, like Triple H just said, okay, you guys want some long term storytelling? We're going to make you wait. But anyway, uh, the match itself, though, the spots, like Ricochet, like you said, freaking superhero is, is a great description because in this match, I really think he really set the tone and was even on that spot that almost was a bot. It's a veteran maneuver because Logan Paul said it in his uh, on his podcast. He was ready to abandon it. He was like, "We got to do something else." And no, Ricochet was like, "Nope, we're going through it because that's just what <laughs> that's the old school wrestling style." Like, no, we got a spot we set up. We're going to do it, and you're going to be safe somehow. And magically, they were. It makes you think, though, <laughs> if they actually pulled that spot off, it would be one of the greatest things we would have seen. That oh, if it went, yeah. yes, if they would have landed on the rope like they wanted to and did a Spanish fly off the top. It probably would have been the sickest spot we've ever seen. Yeah, uh, uh, but that, again, the the amount of things that have to go right to yeah. do that spot, it just you know you can see they were trying to do something really really tough. So it's amazing that they they got to get whatever they got off anyway. The, the funny but, thing yeah. about the fickle go fans ahead. as well at the O2, uh, it's like I said, LA Knight go over on Friday. Even at the Undertaker show, he's like, "Who's you guys like?" And we were like, L.A. Knight, L.A. Knight. As soon as he lost, we didn't think about him again, right? But literally, he was he was dropped quicker than anybody I can think of. Like, he quicker than Ridge on SmackDown. Uh, my, my thinking was right. The only thing that annoys me about a Money in the Bank match is why they bring other ladders in the ring. So maybe a rule should be you each superstar should have a designated ladder that they can only use <laughs> to bring in because there's no point bringing in another three if there's one. Uh, extra ladder. Yeah. It just it does. Just send up a spot. It just does my nothing. <laughs> it just logically doesn't make any sense. Just say you can use the one big ladder, all of you, but you'll have to bring your own small ones. And then I'll be like, that's fine. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Now we can have eight ladders, you know? Right. Such a, that's such a James thing to think about, by the way. Very nitpickish of you. But no, uh, the match itself, though, insane. Like you said, everybody shined in moments. Uh, and uh, I, I didn't have a problem with anything, honestly, that happened. Even Priest winning makes a lot of sense to me because, again, I'm a guy who was, I've been a fan of Priest since he was punishing Martinez, Ring of Honor. Yeah. That was my guy back then. And he's, my, he's been my guy all the way through NXT. Even when he was in limbo after the Bad Bunny stuff and they didn't know what to do with him, I stuck with Damien. So I'm very, very proud and happy that he's in this position, even if it came at the expense of someone who's more over at the moment. And uh, But I think I think it'll work out. I think hopefully they, they take their time with this Judgment Day stuff. They seem to be teasing Implosion. We'll talk about more of that later. But I really think uh, you give it time, Priest will be make a really good world heavyweight champion, or, you know, who knows? I, I don't think he'll fight Roman at some point. You never know what could happen no. with this year that he has. It could happen sooner than later, so we'll see. <laughs> well, we did. I did have two fans behind me go, oh, I did say priest. And it's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> uh, anyway, out of five, I didn't say it out loud. I said it in my head and on the podcast. Uh, so out of five, Jaxie, what would you score this match out of five? Men's Money in the Bank. I mean, I'll give this a 4.5. I thought it was quite a decent match. So. Well, Gina, what about you? I mean, same, because I think even with the little slight mess up with the the Spanish fly flip, I think they still pulled off something that made people say, oh, shit, because 
you know, they still wowed them. So, yeah, four four 4.5 is great. Uh, Monty, what about you? Yeah, same thing here. Four and a half stars is a good good starting point. Yeah, I can see why. I've gone four and three quarters. So maybe I'm going to be a quarter out this time around in school. But I don't care. We loved it. <laughs> like I said, well, I'll tell you one thing was funny. I can tell. No, no, the crowd. I was about to say oh, the crowd felt like five stars. We were. Like... We, we were so happy. I was so happy to sit down. Like, as soon as Priest got I was like, oh, thank fuck. I can sit, I can sit down for a second. Rest like, legs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was worried we were going to be sanded all night. I was like, please don't. You know, lucky we had the women's tag. But uh, prediction-wise, though, speaking of predictions, we've got the prediction leagues. And AEW show was last weekend, Forbidden Door. Uh, and I've got to tell you, yeah, Monty and I did win Forbidden Door. So we both got a point. But unfortunately, Jackson Gina, you both also won as well. So you got a point as well. Ah, got ya. So, I mean, well, we all equalized. We all won. We all won. Yeah. I was about to say, now send me your predictions. I want to say, <laughs> don't count them myself or let me tell you this myself. No, that's amazing. I'm glad we did a full sweep of a team. Yeah. <laughs> so, it means AW scores James Gino and Jackson on two, Monty's on three. Bonus League, Jackson Gino on 11, Monty and James on 14. WWE. Jackson on one, Gina on two, Monty on two, James on three. Uh, money back predictions. To be fair, guys, I thought I threw this away, and I didn't look at anything else because obviously I went Drew McIntyre. So after that, I thought there's no way I'm going to look at the rest of the cards and see what happens. Uh, but you guys went LA Knights, so and no one scored. So I could have gone The Rock, and it wouldn't have mattered. So me going Drew McIntyre didn't see... Mm-hmm that crazy in the end i mean it didn't seem crazy no but what i am really annoyed about is just before i sent you my predictions i had damian priest as the winner and i was talking with my sister and i was like oh i do feel like la knight's gonna get it though but i feel like i'm going with damian because that's who i want and so i moved and switched it to la knight so i'm so annoyed because i just should have kept it but aside from that it was good well, we move on. WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Ronda Rousey and Shania Baszler versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Liv came out with a ginger spice-inspired gear. And you saw that second time round. And, Jaxie, you've done your nutting because you think the Bailey chant's bad. There was a Liv is sexy chant, which made my skin fucking crawl. Yeah. I was just like, oh. Can we not actually have any form of dignity, please? Oh my gosh. The the chant is live is fit. Live is fit. I mean, come on, guys. You know, have a bit of fucking decorum. No, I'm joking. Like, no. no, 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 I'm asking too much, seriously. Exactly. We know she's good looking. She's in WWE, you know. Things did pick up when Liv. As uh, Basler turned a crossbody into an armbar, Rodder added an ankle lock on top of that. We were having a little bit of a sit-down as a crowd here, I'm not going to lie. And we probably thought that was going to be it. Raquel broke it up and pushed Ronda onto Liv's ankle, adding to the pain. Liv survived. The Kira threw the clutch. Got left alone with Ronda. But in a shocker, Shania attacked Ronda and choked her out. I mean, everybody was just like, what the fuck? And got up and actually started paying attention to it. Uh, she leveled on the planet and then she had to enjoy the oblivion and your new tag team champions Raquel Gonzalez is that even a name now uh, Rodriguez <laughs> and of course Liv Morgan 
Uh, I mean, Gina, what are your thoughts on this? Because we are, I don't think anybody was expecting this. And if they said they did, I call bullshit. Nah, I was super shocked. Super, super shocked. I had a feeling this was going to happen at some point. Was I expecting it to happen now? No, it seems so early. I mean, I think there are reasons why they've done it now, which James, I'll leave you to explain. Um, but I, I was so shocked I did not see this coming out of anywhere just because, like, even when I watched it, so I watched it back, um, like, a couple of days after because I was busy on Money and the Bank weekend. But... I had to rewind it to be like, wait, did did Ronda accidentally hit Shayna, and that's why Shayna's done this? I would, I was I, really confused. Like, looking, why? Looking what? back <laughs> on the replay, it looked like it was the blind tag that may be annoyed her. But again, I thought, why wait ten minutes? Like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, um, there was nothing that like made us think about it. And don't get me wrong, that's not me complaining. I actually think things like this are good, where they blindside you, and you're just like, I did not see that coming in a match. Things like that are great. But again, I, I just, I don't know, for some reason I felt like they were going to hold these this tag belt as a, as, a, as a tag team for a little bit longer than what they had it. So again, that's why I didn't see it coming right now. It was just too soon for me. Yeah, I think it was a shock. I mean, is it a case, Monty, of, you know, maybe WWE didn't want to do this, but with the rumours about Ronda wanting out after SummerSlam and having a match with Bowser and because of the injuries and the kind of how long it took to get the position, <clears throat> you know, WWE yeah. have to do it now. And again, it was a great shock, but it, when yeah. you think about it, it's like, oh, we could have done a little bit more. I think uh, we definitely could have done with more teases or something, like anything, would have been better to kind of like just, you know, because like you said, it, now it did work as a genuine shock, but it's definitely because of that. You know, Ronda Rousey is probably not going to renew her deal. I think she's going to be done with this, or you know, and I, they, I don't know. It was kind of making it sound like either her deal was up after something, or she's just terminating it after yeah, something. I don't know, like, but nah, either I'm way it know. goes. Yeah, I'm done with this. But <laughs> either way it goes, she wanted to put over Shayna on the way out. At the end of the day, that was something she always wanted. Seemed like she really just tried. It seemed like the second run, if you really think about it, she just tried to do stuff that she wanted to do, like originally. So I want to win tag titles one time with, with Shane and my friend. So we're going to do that. And then after that, now I want to put her over. And since I don't want to be here anymore, let me let's do that now. <laughs> let's get it out of the way. Uh, it, it definitely comes out of nowhere. But even even the execution of it, because even though you guys cheered and everyone Everyone at home even probably, you know, if they got over the shock, was happy about it. Uh, it still wasn't really a babyface thing to do, but they pretty much made Shayna a huge babyface. Yeah, we just, we oh, just because people don't like Ronda, right. Because we sang her like theme. So That's like... why that, this is why the British fans are such cunts, because we sang to the ring, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, yeah. And then... <laughs> Sorry. You know, just give us... Uh, Original music back, please. Because I really do miss that. I miss Shayna's like original music that she had from NS. I was about to say it's a lot better than Shayna's song. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing yeah, that's that. gonna be interesting to see because obviously now with Basic but the, the problem with Rousey is that obviously it's not worked. But what I found interesting, Jack, seeing just looking up, 
is the fact that Liv Morgan now has pinned Ronda Rousey two years in a row at Money in the times. Bank. Oh, yeah. is it three times? You pinned her three uh, times in total. I three think three times yeah. in total. Once at Money in the Bank last year, obviously cashing in, and then this year winning the tag titles. So Ronda has kind of given a little sake because Liv is in a stronger position now than she mm-hmm. was before she won Money in the Bank last year. Let's have a bit of positivity. <laughs> um, I definitely agree with that. I just also, again, because you've got the likes of Dakota Kai up in um, the main roster, like I, I, I'm still a fan of her and uh, Raquel back in NXT. So for me, I just don't see Liv and Raquel as a... Um, I don't feel like the there's been enough time given for me to believe that they are going to be like a really formidable, strong tag team. But I'd kind of like it if they could eventually bring back Dakota and Raquel together. I think those two worked um, really well together. There's so many... I mean, Raquel's, but, had, uh, Raquel's had more partners than... Oh, yeah, she's she, she, a revolving door. Yeah. No, you're right. She has a revolving door at this point. But I was about to say that they live in Raquel does not seem like they fit, but somehow they they never yeah. lost the tag up. Like, they, they never lost. Like, they, they, they passed them up. So I didn't even realize that until Michael Cole said it. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. They didn't never lose the belt. She just got hurt. So... Yeah. Like then, so then you start the one that was this just all a vehicle to get them the bills back, you know. Well, uh, but yeah. once you get all that extra content, it started to make sense, though. If well, Ronda, like leaves. I said, even with yeah. teams like Metaphor and NXT now, because I'm going to count them. I like Lashley now. Uh, you, you got, you know, the other teams <laughs> on the main roster like we talk about Dawn and Fire, uh, Chance, uh, Kate, you know, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. So you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the women's tag division. As we move on, scores for that match, though. Gina, what would you give out of five? Um, This is difficult because it wasn't exactly like a, a standout five-star match for me. But the the shock with Shayna really is one of those really nice shocks that you're not expecting. So even though I'm mad and kind of lost this one, I still think I'm going to give it at least like four and a quarter. Because I still think it was a decent match and I was super shocked by that ending because it wasn't expected. Mm. Monty, what about you? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I give it around. Uh, the match was solid, in my opinion, enough until we got to their finish and their finish kind of really made, made it. It's pretty much the most memorable part of it. Uh, so I give it three and a half overall. And uh, Jaxie? Yeah, um, again, I, I do feel like this this ending kind of, like, just put you in a, in, in a bit of a weird position because, like Monty said, like, the match overall was kind of great, but, like, the, the ending kind of overshadowed, like, the match itself. So I'll, I'm going to give this a three and three quarters. Yeah, I'm going to give it three and three quarters as well. Predictions, we all went Baz and Ronda, so we all haven't scored yet. So we all patted ourselves on the back for winning Forbidden Door. But two matches in, and we've still got fuck all. Uh, we see Damien Priest interviewed. He will be champion. We get a Mission Impossible trailer. Eh, not too bad. Intercontinental title next. Gunther versus Bro Riddle. And Riddle wasn't that as well received as Gunther. Uh, Riddle tried to come out hot. But one chop floored him, then Gunther targeted a damaged ankle. I don't know, maybe wear shoes if you've got a bad ankle, something like that, protection, especially against Gunther. Uh, Riddle got in some uh, hope spots like the floating bro, but was uh, handily dominated here. The 
take out of a power bomb, only to end up in a half crab. Then, when he didn't tab, Gumpher chopped his injured foot. Yes, he chopped the foot. He then slapped on the Achilles lock, and Riddle tapped out. Uh, this was basically a squash Monty, wasn't it? You know, Gumpher, how a fucking dominant is Gumpher? No one, can anybody touch him at this moment in time? Yeah, no, especially in a, specifically in a title match. But yeah, it's just even it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you go off his overall record in just in WWE alone, <laughs> I think I've only seen. I think he's probably only lost what three, four matches maybe in general. Like, like it's funny to me when I think about like on his way out from NXT, didn't like Brian Breaker beat him clean or whatever? He, jo- like, he jumped a couple of times, and we were like, "Fuck you," <laughs> you know? Like, can he's you not believe gonna recover. Yeah. Like, how is he going to recover from this? <laughs> <laughs> and then he go to the main roster and just wrecks everybody, right? So no, he's just he's unstoppable. It's funny. Michael Cole mentioned that uh you know Riddle and uh Gunther had great matches in progress back yes. in the you know yes. uh in oh so I love that God, shout out because they did have awesome matches back in progress. And uh I must say though, uh, like you said, Riddle at this point it wasn't like he's this is how dominant Gunther really is. Like, you really, no matter what Riddle did, you never, you never really gave him much of a shot. Even though I thought the wrestling was pretty pretty good in this match, I, I did not have a problem with it. Like you said, definitely a dominant, dominant victory. And I have to also give another shout out to Gunther. He doesn't have one finishing move, and I love it. He can finish <laughs> you with everything. It's, it reminds me of Zack Sabre Jr., because Zack Sabre Jr. is another guy I love who. He doesn't have one submission hold that you got to watch out for. He'll choke you out. He'll break your arm. He'll go after your leg. It doesn't matter. He'll do it. He can do whatever he has to do. He'll roll you up. He can do the Zack driver. He got like eight different moves that he can finish you with. Zack has. And the same thing goes with Gunther. He can beat you with a chop, a splash, power bomb, you know, whatever. But the thing is, whatever he wants to do. The Undertaker said that in the point where he was talking about the kind of superstars with their moves now and hitting like destroyers and somersaults. And it's like, what does Walter hit? A power bomb? Chop? Boom. Yeah. Like, it's not that. <laughs> right. It's, it's, a, it's the way he does it, you know, and it's just like. It's yeah. Like, and it's so smart, too. Everything he does, like, everything makes sense. You have you never watched a Gunther finish and been like, what the fuck was that? Like, yeah, for the, you it always made sense. <laughs> With, with everything he does, so yeah, no, I, I really was, I really was into this match, even though uh, Riddle just got his ass whooped for a good ten, fifteen yeah. minutes. Like I said, this was better <laughs> watching it second time around because it just felt like squash. But I mean, Jaxi, the chops still haunt us from the clash, but the chopping of the foot, you know, I mean, Gunther truly is uh, just hardcore in a way, like we said, basic moves. Exactly. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I agree wholeheartedly with what Monty was saying. Like Gunther doesn't really need a finisher because every move that like he has, he just he he knows how to deliver. You know, um, it looks absolutely devastating. I'm loving this run that he's ha- having at the moment. Um, it 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 basically was ultimately a squash match, but it it really worked. I was thoroughly entertained throughout it all, and that sounds really bad because it basically makes me sound like um. I was entertained by Matt Riddle's pain, but it was more just the case of look at this beast. Like, you know, they're really allowing um, Gunther the time to to showcase what he can do and how formidable he can be. Yeah, like I said, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens. As for Matt Riddle, though, I mean, Gina, when we were at the Clash, you know, uh, and we saw Seamus versus Gunther, 
you know, Matt Riddle was feuding with Seth Rollins. And you look at where both wrestlers are now. Has Riddle been one night for too long? Does he need to change it up a little bit? He definitely does. I think what's happened here is they're trying to... I, I don't know if they are. This is just an assumption. But I feel like they're trying to wait or they were trying to wait for Orton to come back and then have, you know, Orton back with Riddle. Um, And at this moment in time, that doesn't seem to be happening. And I don't know whether that's due to an injury or whether Orton's kind of decided he might not really want to come back this at this moment in time, you know? Um, But I think where they were waiting for so long and then Matt got a bit injured a a little bit, I think. Um, I think they just got lost in the wind with what else they can do with his character, aside from being either Orton's, you know, um, breath of fresh air, he's the happy one, or just annoying, you know, Kevin Owens and Sammy and just imposing on their time. So right now he's kind of just fallen between the cracks and... Like you said, I was I was a little bit shocked. I for some reason I I assumed that London were going to be more receptive to Matt. I thought they were going to be very excited to see this bro, you know, just turn up. But when I heard it, I just I was like, that's not it. That's not it. Like so, the, he definitely they definitely need to do something different with his character. And I don't think they should do the exact same where they, you know, just turn him heel. We're already getting that with Bianca Belair. Don't do too many of the same stories at the same time. But they do need to do something different with his character. Well, one thing I will say, and again, going back to the Undertaker show, there was a guy sitting next to me from Belgium who had travelled there on the Thursday and was leaving on the Sunday. And he was both talking that WWE haven't done a, a kind of event in Europe for a very long time, the closest they kind of get to is Paris. So there are a lot of Europeans who then come to London to kind of, you know, watch these events. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of Europeans cheering on Gunther in that way, watching this kind of one of their own, as we used to with superstars, you know, who were British, and until we stopped giving a fuck about them. Uh, but as for the match itself, I mean, Monty, what match out of five? Yeah, even though it was like a competitive squash match, I ended up with like 3.9, I guess, would probably be where I end off with. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it was, like I said, it was really, really compelling for something that was so dominant. Uh, and like you said, maybe that, maybe I enjoy Riddle getting his ass a little too much. <laughs> but, yeah, it was I was into it. Jaxie, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this match. I just, I actually am a really big fan of Gunther's and I just kind of really like watching him like crush people. So this match for me, I gave it a four. And Gina? Yeah, again, I'm biased. Um, I really enjoyed watching Gunther just continue to be elevated. So I gave it a four. Yeah, I gave it a four. As well, predictions, we all went Gunther, so we all got our first point. Yay! We're all on one. Yay! And then, what happened, everybody? Well, Drew McIntyre returned, and as you all saw, I lost my shit. I mean, my soul (laughs) nearly exited my body. I knew. I literally, as soon as I heard the music, I was like, okay, James's soul has just left 
the arena and is just all the way at the top right now. He is gone. <laughs> he was. I, we, I was saying, I bet he's screaming like the biggest bitch ever in that arena right now. Yep, I was. Uh, I really, really was. Like, there's a connection with Drew. And I know it's silly. I know people say it with, with wrestling. But this is what makes wrestling so special. Uh, and after just wanting the clash and all the talk, you know, being out since WrestleMania 39 and and just seeing him return. I know it wasn't in Money in the Bank, but by God, like I said, I was living my best uh, best life at that time. We see Drew come in, hit the Glasgow Kiss and the Claymore. I started the old Drew McIntyre chant as well. I have you know, everybody. I was singing my heart out. Uh, unfortunately, the next half hour, 45 minutes, was a kind of blur of noise and celebration. Uh, but again, like, what a moment, you know? I mean, Jaxie, to see Drew McIntyre return, it's just, it feels right. It's just right. And what a match it will be against Gunther. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to shy away from that. I think it will be a brilliant match between Drew and Gunther. Um you didn't want to leave it too long to bring Drew back, you know. Um, and as you said, we haven't seen him since WrestleMania. Um, so it's really nice to actually see him make his return within the UK, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I loved it. Well, Gina, what are your thoughts on Drew coming back? I mean, I think my first thoughts were tainted by, oh, God, James got his damn wish but then after that I was kind of thinking oh my god yeah like we haven't actually seen Drew in in a hot minute um he's been he's been gone for a long time so it it is actually nice and refreshing to see him I am a little bit worried on how he's going to be booked I mean I have a feeling I I know where it's going to go we're probably going to get him being the one to take Gunther's crown and what I want to know is if they're going to capitalize on Drew getting that win over Gunther, whereas no other wrestler has been able to do it so far. And are we going to then push Drew to then keep going higher after beating Gunther and overcoming that obstacle? I I just hope that they they do it right, regardless of how they do it. But yeah, I am excited to see that he's back and see what he's gonna what he's gonna bring to the show. Um, do we know if he's on Raw or SmackDown? Yeah, I think Raw going forward. He, he's on Raw. Yeah, he's on Raw. He's on Raw. Okay, yeah, I think that'll be the better show for him. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him going forward. Yeah, he's just just a lovely, lovely person. Uh, I was like, happy to see him, but he please don't beat Gunther until he passed Honky Tonk Man. That's hey, all hey, I. Ask. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Well, all Drew wants, please. Like, his his dream has changed. He said he wanted to win the world title. Uh, in front of his his home fans, right? And now he's okay. He wants to win a championship, not a world title. Just he wants to win a championship oh, in front of a stadium crowd. That's all he said. You see, so give it time. Well, what are we gonna? He got to pass Honky Tonk Man, Jay. Look, I can no, give it Honky Tonk Man being up there. Be patient. Be patient. Gunther deserves to actually have like a sort of um uh. Um, he should what, be the longest reigning. No, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre should beat him and be the longest reigning oh, champion of all time. I mean, this time next year, we'll talk about how good Drew are and how great Pretty what, Deadly are tag team champions. Yes, boy. He can't have it all. Yeah. <laughs> in the title picture. So let Gunther just actually have oh. this first before Ooh. Drew. Comes. <laughs> 
You, you turn into a, a, teen, a child again. Yeah, no, we are. We're getting rowdy. <laughs> so too. Move on, because like I said, the next hour after Drew, trying to calm myself down, singing Cody's theme, booing Dom, being mightily impressed by Rhea Ripley, woeing again, and then we realised we had a match. It was Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio. The crowd knew the second verse to Kingdom, which you don't see every day, considering I don't think Gina knew the first verse. But again, <laughs> we really got into it. Dominic was a great hill, taken off Cody's running at every chance he had and hiding behind Raya. He also removed the turnbuckle pad, uh, pad taking every advantage he could. Cody got his hands on Dom fairly and he dominated him as you expect. Raya distracted him. Cody opened the door for a 619. Uh, Cody blocked it. He hit the spinning Alabama slam. Cody cut her and then won with the crossroads. Um, and I will say as well, Jaxi, I mean, well, I don't know about this match, but Cody was the most overface. People were actually standing for him, and this match didn't mean shit. People were also disappointed Brock Lesnar don't, didn't show up, but he hates the UK. Yeah, well, I mean, again... There's no I, way Brock was coming. Well, yeah, was that really thanks, the mate. real reason? <laughs> that was not the real reason. <laughs> Brock, Brock is not coming over there. I'm sorry. They was going to have to pay him a million up for it. <laughs> when the last time he's been in the UK, James? Do you know? Yeah, it's fashion too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Stay on your farm with your tractor then, Brock. Fuck you. Okay, so... Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Yeah, I, again, I just felt... I, I felt like more entertained during this match more than anything and I think it was from a Dom point of view you know just seeing him acting like a little bitch um because that's what it was it it was just him being an annoying little bitch until Cody could put him down you know um so I, I felt like this probably could have actually been a match that was on the Smackdown before it didn't really feel like it needed to be on the money in the bank <laughs> The reason why, if, if they'd have done this and Brock decided to get off his lazy ass and actually turn up in the UK, then that would have made more sense as to why it was on the pay-per-view, I you know? I, I might, have, uh, might have had a heart attack at that point, though. That's the only... Because we were singing Cody and we were, we were teetering at that. If Brock had showed up, I think that might have been like, oh, shit. But... Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, um, yeah, like, even though it was a good match, it probably would was a match that could have been on the Friday before, um, but still overall decent. I kind of knew this outcome would happen. I didn't think that they'd actually let Cody lose to Dom, considering Cody's just been, ha- like, on a real losing streak against Roman, and then Brock, and then this, that, and the other, so give him something, right? <laughs> well, this is the thing, and I think this is just for singing Cody's theme, calling Dom a wanker, uh, you know, just kind of getting into it in that way. It was weird as well watching, rewatching it and hearing Cole and Wade decide to not talk because the crowd was just too loud. I cannot remember the last time. You know, Cole's like, I just can't hear anything you say. Another interesting thing as well were the Bud Light adverts. Interesting in a PG environment, Monty, I think. You know, when you think little kids are watching, Mum, can I get a Bud Light? You know, watching Cody <laughs> Rhodes after he wins. I think, though, that might have something to do with kind of UFC. And their involvement there as well. But I just think it's interesting that they're advertising beer. 
Very interesting, but at the same time, not surprising. Those same little kids, especially if they're Americans, see those commercials right in the middle of their cartoon. <laughs> um, they're watching that football with their dad. Your... Uh, you... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not this. Just watch after Bluey, saying, and you get it all the time, line. man. Like we, they don't care, man. Like they will set a beer commercial in the middle of everything. And also, I hate to be that guy, but if they go into their into their kitchen. Some of them will see it in the refrigerator <laughs> already. So, I mean, you know, uh, uh, it's up to the parents. Your, um, when I say your, I mean America's adverts are actually um, questionable. Uh, the, the the amount of adverts that you get in between um, wrestling, oh, yeah. like, especially in the UK. Listen, you guys seem to have some issues here because you got so many advertisements for taking certain tablets or this, that, and the other. Everything. And then at the end, you get all of the, the T and Cs, you know, the don't, mm-hmm. don't take this if you've got this, don't take this if you've got this, don't, don't take it. it. Right, you got the <laughs> warning. Consult your doctor. Basically, go to your doctor, people. Go to your doctors. He gives Excalibur a run for his money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Capitalist Damn Americans. What is wrong with you, Monty? Yeah, what is wrong with you? It's all about the bottom line, man. All about the bottom line. Beer to children. Think of the children. Used to it. Um, Hey, you know who we blame? The parents. (laughs) We don't blame the companies. It's the parents' fault. So I don't know. It's just that's very American of us. I'm not surprised. WWE is really picking up the sponsorships too they by are, the way it's like it does, every it. every live event is something different <laughs> i suppose we didn't have the bud light money in the bank ladder match you know i think that's, <laughs> that's the next the next thing. the logo in the middle the of logo the logo the big yeah you know <laughs> anyway scores jacksy what would you score this out of five um i'll give it like a, a 3.5 uh three and a half sorry i'm not um, it was it was decent, but like again, like I said, it could have been on like a normal SmackDown. Gina, what about you? Yeah, same. And Monty. Yeah, I gave it the exact same rating, three and a half. Is right where it needs to be. You guys were great. Uh, you know, they did a good job, but it was pretty basic. It was uh, almost. It really felt like a house show at that point. That that particular match right there. <laughs> Uh, because I was really expecting at least a couple more bells and whistles, like Rhea getting more involved, Dom literally trying to screw him, anything. But uh, yeah. no, we just kind of got a basic, you know, match with a pretty normal finish. So, yeah, three and a half is fair. Yeah, I give it three point nine five. Like I said, we were great singing Cody's theme. Uh, predictions: We all went Cody, so we're all on two. Next, John Cena in his first appearance since night one of WrestleMania thirty nine. Made a surprise appearance. Uh, we just lost our shit. You know when you think it's just like a video of like John Cena and the latest thing. And then you go, oh, no, it's his entrance video. Oh, no, he's coming out. What? Like, you know, and the kid. Yeah. I called Even him the, the show. Well, I'd say the kid next to me as well was just like, I've seen The Undertaker and John Cena one day. And I was just like, bless your heart. As I screamed in his face, it's John fucking Cena. Uh, and he, he came out and Cena gave a promo about London and wanting to bring WrestleMania there. And we might have reacted to it. I can't really, you know, at the moment, you know, I don't know if I'd be cheered or not. Maybe a polite round of applause. Uh, until Grayson Waller <laughs> in, 
interrupted, <laughs> stating he preferred WrestleMania to be in Australia. One of them about seeing his previous losses uh, and saying that you just need a viable moment. And Cena performed that with an attitude adjustment to end the segment. We sang, we laughed, we called Grayson a wanker. He got what rightfully his. Cena got what he deserved. It's Jaxie, it's crazy to think John Cena, who was booed out the building and we were singing his song and even mentioned it. You know, we'll see, time is now, time is up. Time, it's just, it was so much fun. And Cena is just so loved now. It's incredible to think his, his journey the last like 15 to 20 years, you know. Definitely. I mean, it, it was a shock, but, you know, for once, it was um, one of those nice shocks. I, I must admit, I was just kind of like, well, what are you doing here? But, like, it's the effort that was made, unlike someone, <coughs> Brock. Yeah. Like, yeah. John, John Cena flew over here just to give a promo. You know, you got to give the man respect for that. Like, he came to deliver that in person. He could have Zoom called in. He oh, didn't. He came in person. So, yeah, you got to give him respect where it's due. And also, Monty, we talk about Grayson Waller. I mean, what a huge moment this is for him. You know, he's the Grayson Waller effect and now rubbing shoulders with John Cena. Yeah, man, that's what I say. It shows the faith that they have in him on the mic because John has a reputation of, you know, he can definitely, if you're not ready for that moment, he will highlight it. And you guys were on Grayson's ass and he kind of <laughs> handled you guys really well. You handled, he handled you really you well, man. What? I kind of like how yeah. some of his petty replies back towards you. Well, when we called him a wanker, he goes, oh, I don't need to. All I need to do it, mate. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to. I don't I'm like, ah, there you go. We're like, ah, there you go. Us. We are wankers. <laughs> Uh, and, and then you guys made me sad because you didn't do the oi, oi, oi chant with me. No, fuck he that. Set you up We're playing Australia. Monty, we are playing Australia <laughs> the Ashes at the moment in cricket. Right? Australia he, are the enemy. Know. Like, yeah, uh, man. Yes. Anyway, I know he, he knew that. He yeah, knew that. That's what I'm works, saying. He's he smart. worked well. So smart. Gina, WrestleMania in London. What are your thoughts? Do you think it's a good idea? Um, yes, because I think they will make money on it for sure. It's a definitely a clever marketing plan. They will make a lot of money on it. Does it feel any different to any other pay-per-view that will be coming to London? Not really, just because WrestleMania always seems like such a higher platform. So when they announce it in places like New Orleans or Las Vegas or something like that, it just feels like it's on that. Pardon? I see shit places. I, like that. Oh, I don't know where I it's live mighty close. I live <laughs> mighty close there now. I think I'm more glamorous. For me, I you, think you, they you. are places that are more glamorous than London, for example. So I'm like, really? You want to bring yeah. WrestleMania here? <laughs> like, but that's not me oh, looking look down on it. It's Thank more a case of, I think <laughs> it's on a platform and it should be held in certain places. But I have no problems with it. So it's exciting. <sighs> So you did watch the press conference, James, right? You watched the press conference, right? And it sounded like Triple H basically said John Cena was blowing smoke no. over you guys. No, no, no. <laughs> can I, Monty, can I say, right, thank you very much, John Cena was saying that the UK should get WrestleMania when I saw him at the O2 back in 2010, all right? That's sad, though. He has been saying that a long time. I'm not saying he hasn't. But he, but when he That's said it, thing. It, gave, it gave off the vibe that he knew that it was going to happen, Wait, and it was not, the, it yeah. is not in the car. When he went, when he was going, I've, I, I thought he was going to announce announce WrestleMania. It, right. I, but again, 
believe it. I do not believe that it's actually happening. I think he came out just to chat shit, and that's fine. But I also was just like, you know, even if this does happen, the ticket prices are going to be extortionate. Oh, I don't, yeah, man. I, I don't really? even think about how many people are going to get ripped off for tickets for these. Um, and oh. I'm still contemplating whether or not I'd even think it would be worth it. So, oh, you no, know, no. for a while. <laughs> so, in in all honesty, it was nice to see John Cena, but I also was like, you lying. He lying. Yeah. Well, if it makes anybody feel any better, the crowd... <laughs> so well, the crowd then had to settle down for the women's money in the bank match, which, again, is not fair because we're like, we need to rest. Oh, shit, it's the women's money in the bank match. Here we go. So it was Bailey, Becky Lynch, EO Sky, Trish Stratus, Selena Vega, and Zoe Stark. Great to see Trish live in person as well. And they went after Becky in the aisle, what damage control, isolated Zelina in the ring. Then the two teams went at it. A few spots early on felt a little awkward, like Trish flipping onto a ladder just to do nothing. And then the continuing storylines, of course, with Becky dealing with Trish and Zoe in damage control having issues. EO had got a great spot with Moonsault off a ladder that just took everyone out. Of course, her Moonsault is just great. And to be fair, her entrance, she is just so cool. To stop Zelina from winning, Trish and Becky had to work together. They set them fighting. The tease were trapping Becky in handcuffs, but she fought them off. Trish and Becky fought on the announce table. Trish took the manhandle slam on a ladder. Zelina decided to take that up a level and hit a sunset flip bomb off a ladder onto another one. Which was just madness. EO was alone with a shot to win, but Bailey cost her a match. Bailey did sell it upset. Uh, Be- Bailey and Becky went at it, but EO got the cuffs and cuffed them together between the open ladder. EO then climbed over Bailey and won the match. Gina, I mean, what are your thoughts? Because I think it's probably one of the cleverest finishes I've ever seen at Money in the Bank. And I think the match maybe started slow, but grew into something really good. Definitely. It's such a clever finish, and I didn't see it finishing that way. I haven't seen a finish like that before, so I don't know if it has been done before in Money in the Bank, but I just thought, yeah, that's how that's how you get that win in, for sure. Um, again, like you said, there were some great spots, and I do feel for the women because I feel like they, everyone goes a bit quiet for the women, but then they pick up because they realise that the women are giving it their all, and they're actually doing sick things moves you know and Zelina and Zoe for me really stood out in this match I feel like they both shine a lot on their own and just showcasing like their power what they can do Zelina showed herself off as more of a high flyer as well because we always tend to have at least one high flyer in money in the bank matches and literally I just feel like Zelina did it for the for the females you know um I definitely am happy about the win and who got the win as well, I I can't express how how excited I am because this is the sort of this is the outcome that I wanted, but I also feel it's the outcome that's deserved. We really have not done these NXT call ups justice. And, you know, damage control or at least, you know, EO and Dakota, they were some of the earlier ones that had been brought up, but we still kind of haven't really done much with them. That yes, they've had the the tag belts for a while, but 
to be honest, they've still kind of been, you know, the the lapdogs of Bailey. So for me, I do feel like both of them need to, their own time to shine. And EO, she just deserves it. So I'm so excited. And again, it was such a unique finish. It was exciting. Yeah, no, it was excellent. I mean, Monty, I mean, you know how cool I think EO is. So again, talk about connection with someone. But I think she was, even, even though everybody in there, I think... Might be bigger stars in the match, but she was kind of like the favourite to win and people were kind of really, really happy. I think she deserves it. Oh, man, it's, it's well-deserved. It's, it's one of those things that, too, if you don't know much about her outside of what she's done under the WWE umbrella, like she's really accomplished already just with NXT. But, like, honestly, like, she's really literally, like, in stardom, was one of the greatest women, ever, like, to ever wrestle for for the stardom promotion. So literally when she came to America and what she's been able to do to continue to be that, because even though Kyrie was also one of the greatest, but her run kind of fizzled out. We talked about how awesome Oscar, even though she's not really just associated with stardom, she was just great in Japan in general. Uh, you know, Oscar is, uh, we talk about all the time how, you know, they've dropped the ball plenty of times with their execution of Oscar, even though she has established one of the greatest careers of all time. So it's well-deserved easily that EO should have been the, like, like should have this accomplishment. I think the timing is right too, with the story they're trying to tell with damage control. They've teased a little bit of a split with her and Bailey. Not sure if it's going to, if I think we're going to have to wait on that too. It's going to happen at some point. We obviously can see it, but we're going to have to be patient with that. And uh, I just think, like you said, the finish was just genius. It made her look so much smarter than two of the, like you said, two of the most popular and most noteworthy in the women's division with Bailey and Becky. You know, to do that to them is also gives her a notch in her cap. And it's just, again, I thought it was just a great time. Also, I want to give some credit. Like, Trish Stratus do not have to be taking manhandle slams on the back of a ladder at this stage of the real. She don't have to be doing this. Yeah, what the hell? Like, seriously, like, you got to give her some love and props for even doing this. Why would she? She don't have any reason other than the fact that she's never had a ladder match to do this. And she's out there doing that bumping just like the rest of her came away with the with the stuff on her, you know, with the mark on her nose. So she definitely uh, earned, you know, even more respect than the mountains that she already have. Like I said, Zoe looked good. The Zelina spot was perfect. They gave an amazing red shout out. I thought I'd never hear Michael Cole or WWE ever give love to the amazing red uh, who they shouted out as uh, Zelina's cousin or aunt. I think his cousin, I think he said, no, but it, either way it goes. Yeah. yeah, it's a relation to Zelina there because he, she did do the Cole red. So again, awesome, awesome stuff uh, there with that. And like you said, that finish was just uh, perfect, perfect way to cap it off. EO was the perfect person to win. They didn't give the crowd or anybody what we was expecting or what we wanted that finish to the first money in the bank, but they wrapped it up perfectly here. Yeah, I think about that. And again, Jaxie, it's like obviously with Bailey uh, and Becky Lynch being the stars, but this was a chance for kind of EO and, and as Monty said, Zoe Stark had a couple of impressive moments. Vega, your picked looked quite good in this as well. Like I said, like Code Red. I think Sky was the right choice. You can tell with the crowd, even chanting, you deserve it. Uh, and I think when we've had such a good men's match, for the women's match to kind of deliver as well is a real achievement. You know? mm. Yeah, I mean, I again, I agree with a lot of all of your points that you've made about this match. Um, I think there were some great spots, and I feel like Zelina, just like Santos, did, did really well um, and was one of the standout wrestlers of this match. Um, 
I am happy, very, very happy that EO won, but I'm annoyed because I went Selena Vega. So this is my first loss over everyone else. So I was a bit, I was a bit bitter and a bit sore about that. Not going to lie. Well, like I said, though, they were, it's impressive that um, each each woman got a kind of moment to shine in this matchup. Uh, out of five, Gina, what would you score this match out of five? Oh, this is difficult. Okay, so, yeah, no, I, di- I didn't think it was on the same calibre as the men's, but I just think that there are several reasons for that. So, I'm still going to, do you know what, I'm still going to give it, I'm going to give it a four and a quarter because it was it was good and I was a little bit on edge on whether Zelina was going to get the win and I would have been happy with her getting the win and happy for her, but I would have been a bit vexed about not getting the point. So I'm ex- especially happy the fact that I still got it. So, yeah, four and a quarter, I think, is fair. Monty, what about you? I gave it four and a half, same rating I gave the men's. Uh, it may have not been the great, the best match or at least had the most, had more moments than the men's match, but I enjoyed it the same amount, particularly that finish, because, again, that might be the greatest ladder match or money in the bank ladder match, like or at least the, at least the smartest finish. I've ever seen, even though I did kind of wonder, like, why Becky still got some cuffs on? And, I, you know, <laughs> EO showed me why she still left him on. But th- anyway, it was definitely, I really was really into that finish. So I didn't deduct any points, even though I will admit that the men's match probably was better. Yeah. Uh, Jack, see, what about you? Yeah, I gave this match um, a four for me. Yeah, I gave it a four and a half. It really built into something special in the finish. i tell you what was funny, though, because obviously watching it, you know, and you see the replays after the match, but EO was on top of that ladder with those two handcuffed for a good eight minutes, you know, in between when she first won to when they showed the replays to when they show on top again. And again, when you take it out the moment a little bit, but it was still really, really fun without a doubt. Predictions, like I said, Jackson, you went Vega. The rest went when EO, so Jackson two, the rest on three. Willen had the world title and Seth Slong. We do like to sing in the UK crowd, I will say. Uh, so, yeah, the World Heavyweight Championship, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. Seth's theme was long. I'm trying to think if it was the longest one that he's had, uh, but I'm not sure because he kind of wrapped it up quite well. And it's quite funny because you hear stories of the women's match kind of being take, time being taken off just so that we can sing Seth's a little bit longer, I suppose. Uh, Balor was well-received, and he attacked the injured ribs to start, and that gave him a quick upper hand. He had a pretty great exchange that you might expect in the closing stretch, but it came just about the 10-minute mark. Seth hit a pedigree but couldn't cover in time. It was then Damien Priest strolled out with his newly won briefcase. He just watched, though. Finn used the attraction to his advantage, hitting the coup de gras off the announce table, and there's still steps. And I'm thinking maybe this is going to happen. He threw him in. Finn went to the top as Priest tees entering the ring. And that distraction allows Seth to avoid the move and win with the curb stomp. Um, Monty, for the match, it went over quickly. But again, it's nice Triple H can finally uh, use this as the finish the feud from seven years ago. Because you knew it was his idea <laughs> back then. Well, and you, you knew he wanted to finish. Yes. Finally tied that Because like you said... Yeah, he, he was waiting forever to get a shot himself for a world title in this position. You know, that was the story. Yeah. Finally finishing it and letting uh, it play out the way, you know, it was meant to play out or let Seth 
finally get that win back for a title match because Finn definitely won that match, even though he had to give up that belt. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, it, it was cool to finally get that conclusion. My only problem with this match, as good as it really was to me, the uh, the Priest tease, I thought it was a little soon for that, especially with his stable mate fighting. Again, I know this is kind of playing into the, the teasing of an implosion in Judgment Day because him and Finn hasn't been getting along. But I thought Finn, honestly, at that point, I was so aggravated for Priest choosing to stand up when he did that I was like, Finn, you might as well deck him now. Screw it. Just hit him. Because, like, like, I don't know why he chose to get teased to get in the ring at that particular moment when he's literally trying to hit his finish. Even though, to be fair, Finn, I, I, hate, I hate when people on the top rope get distracted with people who not in the oh, ring. Like, man. dude, just do your move. Why are you worried about Priest? So, again, it's, obviously, there's not a lot of trust there. Uh, that, at least that's what they're trying to tell me with this finish. But I thought the match was really, really good. Two, two pros doing what they do best. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I did not have a problem with it. It went exa- pretty much how I expected it besides the Priest uh, interference. But, yeah, I, th- I thought it was still a really, really good match. Jackson, do you think there's been too many implosions? Like, we've had the bloodline. Do we really need the Judgment Day to implode? That's true. You know, it's like, can we stop imploding people? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I have to just agree with everything that um, Monty said. With his thoughts, I think those are my thoughts exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because the friction with him and Pete Priest, uh, I don't know if you could tell, but the crowd wanted to cash in, you know. Uh, and I mean... Yeah. <laughs> Too quickly, like consistently. It doesn't really feel like a steal or like a win at that point because then you, it becomes expectant. So sometimes it's actually good to change it up and actually have them with the belt for a lot longer than just that night, you know. Yeah, uh, and another thing I would have quite liked, and I know they couldn't have done it here, but the story was Balor being champion for 22 hours before he had to vacate due to injury. What I would have really liked, if it was a Raw or something like that next night, if Balor would have won the title, Priest cash in the right. next day and, and then Priest cash 22 in. hours, right. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, still only yes. being champion for that amount of time. And now he got a blood feud yeah. with Priest. <laughs> exactly. Seven exactly. years ago, that been you genius. cussed me. You know what I mean? And he could do that for the next decade. Like, um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I maybe would have swapped this match with a women's money in the bank match. Uh, just because I, I think... The next day, thinking about this event, I was like, oh, shit, there was a Seth versus Finn match. Like, that kind of just, it went, I know we sang with Seth's theme, but it kind of went unnoticed. Uh, scores for this, Monty, what do you score this out of five? Yeah, I ended up with four and a quarter because, again, I thought it was a really good match. I didn't, like, everything they did was pretty good. The only thing I really didn't rock with was just, again, playing into this Judgment Day breakup stuff or attention. So, that's one thing I didn't really care about. Everything else was good. Uh, and like you said, even and you guys, even though you say what you just said, you guys were still rocking. I did not understand how the hell you guys were still oh, I don't know going. Did it. I was I like, no it. one is losing their breath. Like, what the hell? Like, no one's voice is gone yet. Because by this time in, in these shows, my voice is, is, is barely holding on. So I was really, I had a lot of respect as, an, as a former audience member <laughs> for you guys, because you so guys were still we, going. We did lose two hours. Like I said, went like it, it drew and then into the main event. And you just feel like, what happened? Like, how did we get here? <laughs> just, it, was, it was really, really crazy. 
Um, Jaxie, what would you score this out of five? I went with a four and a quarter as well on this one. Um, again, I feel like it was a, it was good, it was decent, but um, I, I feel like it was just way too soon with this whole um, tease of the Judgment Day thing. So, yeah. Gina, what about you? I gave the match a four, but I'm not going to lie. What you said earlier, James, about all these factions breaking up i don't i don't understand why wwe see it as okay you two are going to become a really great tag team and then we're going to literally split you up three weeks after we've put you together um just because we want to add a storyline like it it just becomes like that for me and for me at the moment judgment day are running things on raw especially because we don't have the bloodline on both shows anymore for me i watch raw for the judgment day and not just Rhea and Dom, I watch it for all of them. So hearing this tease, it really is a little bit, I'm not I'm not looking forward to it, basically, because I just, I don't think that Judgment Day need to split up at the moment. They turn on edge, and that was enough, you know? So for me, I just don't see the need in them changing it. But the match was still good. They still gave us hard, so it's a, it's a good four. I'd, I'd just say to Finn, like, you know, if I'm priest, I go, look, I've got the briefcase. Look, carry around J.D. McDonough. Like, there's your boy now. He's part of the Judgment Day. Like, treat him like uh, Raya does Dom, you know? To have like, Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at that. Place, you know? Be a tag team. I don't yeah, give a shit. Just I wouldn't be mad from, at that. Just stay away from my money in the bank. <laughs> uh, now, I give that four and a quarter as well. Predictions, we went Rollins. So, we're all on four. Jaxie on three. Caleb Braxton went to the Skybox to interview Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Still over like Rover. And so, of course, Sami would watch the Civil War uh, as Bloodline explode. <clears throat> so the main event, Bloodline Civil War, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa versus Uso's main event, Jay Uso and Jimmy. And again, Monty, it's like I said, credit to the crowd, credit to all of us, because main event, and we took it up another level. I didn't, th- I didn't think we had anything left. Three hours in at this point. The fuck you Roman chants at the bell as Jimmy started against Solo. The exchange didn't last long for Jay got the tag. Roman shouted no at Solo and Jay said, you better listen to your damn daddy. That's the stuff we picked. I picked up afterwards because at the point we were just calling him a tribal wanker. So, you know, like I said, to kind of some of the nuances in the matchup, Roman demanded the tag, giving us the match we all wanted. Uh, Jay got the upper hand. Roman went to Heyman, who hyped him up by saying that Roman's kids will be eating at Jay's table if he let this continue. Like I said, didn't catch out the arena. That turned the table, gave the hills the upper hand as Jimmy took the heat segment. The crowd, well, we chanted, if you hate Roman, stand up. Uh, and we all stood up. This said to Roman, sitting down. And I'll tell you what, we wanted to cheer Roman at that point because we were like, you're a fucking legend, man. Like, how many other people would sit down at that point? He was so offended. You should have seen his face. He was so offended that that was being shouted shouted at him he was like are you actually do you know what i'm gonna be a child myself then and it's the way you sat down honestly i that i rewound that part like over and over just because of how hilarious it was it, it was really you know when it's like eh, we just cheered everything jay got his hot tag and laid into solo with a series of strikes and kicks did the rock signature punches his hot streak got cut off with roman's superman punch interrupting his spear with a double spear by the usos he only got saved by Solo, and he didn't even move to kick out. 
Jimmy got going on Roman late, but the splash saw him get caught in the guillotine, calling back to Hen the Cell 2020. Our second podcast together, Jaxie, believe it or not. He survived. Then the Usos had it one with one D, but the referee was down. As soon as that ref went down, we started calling bullshit. We're going, going, fuck me. Like, he had it one. We counted to ten. Like, this ain't right. We've been fucked by Roman before. Don't let it happen again. Like, so... mate, get some stronger and thick-skinned refs. <laughs> get, get one of those, those big guys that you have backstage run out in their black T-shirts to try and hold Brock Lesnar back. Have one of them come out and be the ref and get hit. Oh, <laughs> but uh, like you said, and then, you, and then it just turned up a level. And we see the stereo Uganagis from Solo and Roman just literally taking them out. The Samoan spike, spear combo. Uh, and then we, we, this is the thing. We didn't know before the main event this is what Roman wanted to do. But he wanted to smash them, stack them and pin them. Uh, and we honestly thought that was it. Because we were calling bullshit as well. Uh, but luckily Jay managed to kick out. And, and another thing I love about wrestling, that cheer of he's still in this. Come on. We can fucking do it. Like, that is just the hope that we get. As Solo was just, I mean, right at this point was fantastic. Just like in tears, couldn't believe it. And even Solo, there was one movement Solo went towards Roman. We were like, he's not going to fucking hit him with a spike, uh, is he? Like, after the night we had, we weren't sure. He didn't. He just beat the shit out of the Usos and um, put Jimmy on the table. But as he was looking to send him uh, through it, Jimmy managed to move, and then Roman realised he was by himself with Jay. Jay managed to kick out a spear, and that hit a low blow. Now, I didn't see this. Michael Cole didn't see this. Uh, I know a lot of people in the arena didn't see it, because we wondered why Jay was getting up quicker than Roman, but we didn't mind as Roman had a barrage of super kicks, and Jay went up top. And I don't think... I know Shawn Michaels off a ladder WrestleMania 10, but I don't think there's more iconic splashes and especially this splash by Jay Uso on Roman Reigns to get the free and become the first person to pin Roman since December 2019 and what's even more impressive is re-watching this event and realizing how good Reigns was he was spitting fire he was the facials were probably the best of any wrestler maybe I have seen and I mean Jack said after like three and a half years like I said callbacks to when we did Clash of Champions and Hell in a Cell three years ago. Is there a storyline that uh, encompasses more? Exactly. Um, I don't think that you can actually ask for a better outcome at this point. Like, I did see that there was, like, a big conversation that went down on Twitter, you know, sort of on whether or not Jay should have been the one to have have gotten that, that first pin, um, pinfall victory over Roman Yes, he should have. He deserved every moment of that. And as you rightly said, there were so many callbacks to their match together at Hell in a Cell that it would have been such a, a letdown to not have had Jay be the one to ultimately pin him, you know? Um, this match just went hard for me. It was so... Um, there was a lot at stake from beginning to end. And every pinfall, it was like, it, you had me holding my breath. You know, um, the, the most iconic one was having, like, Solo stack up the twins and actually having Roman pin them. Like, that being that cocky that he thought he'd, he'd won over both of them and pin them both like that, and it still didn't work out for him. It was just that this match was just uh, beautiful. It was uh, iconic, and it was the best way to end the show. 
It really, really will. I mean, Gina, we've invested so much into this storyline. And I know, especially with like the Usos, how much they mean to you guys as well. To see Jay get this pin here uh, and have an actual payoff and building up. It's just a great moment all round. Irrespective of me being there, I'm sure everybody watching just was having the time of their life. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Again, like you said, the, the Usos always will spe- play a special part in, in my heart because, you know, I am a twin. So I always feel like I resonate with them. But just to see them get this win. And again, I'm the one who keeps preaching about how, you know, it was Roman and Jay throughout the whole sort of COVID-19 period that were sort of holding it. And we were watching Jay just get, you know, belittled and, and taken down by Roman just to see him get this pin I even felt like I got the pin like I felt like I was Jay and I got the win over him it's like I beat the tribal chief it was so nice to see and if if you're as a deeper follower of the the bloodline storyline or even just wrestling itself I'm sure everybody else felt that same notion like they got that win over Roman so yeah it definitely was perfect and another thing, and not again to be self-indulgent, but it feels like the story of the three of us on this podcast is the kind of the Dublin podcast is the new iteration, kind of when you guys, especially with Monty and Jaxie starting, and that this kind of being the storyline of the last kind of like said three years now, and to have this kind of payoff, you know, um, and and I'm not lying, Monty, I know you've been to many events, but never has an end of a match turned into a party as much as this. You know, down since day one-ish. And I was singing that song on a podcast fucking months ago before everybody was singing it, you know. And and another thing, that Monty, I know you said this, but the UK finally gets Roman Reigns in the end. We finally see Roman pinned. Again, what a story considering everything that happened at the Clash, you know. Yes, I think, like I said, Triple H, remember how how sad and destroyed you guys was after Wales. Like, oh, look how miserable they they are. So let let me let me let me give you guys let me give you guys a feel good moment. You can get Roman back here in this setting, and it made sense in, in the story. Again, Roman. Also, you want to talk about Brock? Roman may not ever come back. He hates you guys now. <laughs> you saw him sit down and tell the camera that you guys are freaking idiots. So you might not ever see Roman again. So you probably just screwed that up. So uh, whatever. Uh, just wanted to let you know. <laughs> like if Roman just holds us on some of our, uh, some of the chance that is so not fair. Like, I get to see Daddy Reigns up close. So if he never comes back again, I'm blaming this on you, Monty. You cursed it. <laughs> but it was funny though. It was it was perfect though. You guys perfect because he. That's exactly what. That egomaniac and whatever the God complex that he's become, that's exactly what he deserved. And that's what this was. Like you said, the reason why everyone kind of felt like they beat Roman was because it was cathartic. They like we've been waiting on so so long for somebody to get over that hump. And uh it like you said, all the callbacks to the match, man, like I saw it like, you know, I, I was at home, I got a chance. I seen it when Michael Cole didn't see it. I was like, yeah, that's just like, you know, uh, you know, just like the other match they did. Clash, I believe, you know, when uh, when he low blows him off the splash and no one called it or whatever. So it was just like, oh, it was just perfect. Perfect, perfectly executed. 
And then, like you said, then, hell, even the finishing sequence tagged with the, you know, to, up to the big splash that finished it was a call back to the very first time Roman got pinned in WWE, which was like 11 years ago at this point. So it's just like the, the amount of detail that went into putting that match together and just the effort. It's the same amount of detail we've been seeing every freaking week when it comes to the execution of this story and everything that they've been doing. We've seen Jay literally at his lowest when it comes to his, like when it comes to speaking against Roman. So to see Roman, like he wouldn't even, he, he literally would put his head down. Like that's how messed up Roman had him in the mind, like in his, in his mind and to see him now and to see them, like you said, you, we got singing their song. The Usos looked like they was over the moon. Cause I couldn't even believe it because like everyone, it just, you can hear it came through on television that you guys were saying down since day one. And like you said, I, I saw a clip of them still being in the ring after the show and walking back. Like, I don't know how long it took them to finally go backstage. But they were dancing the entire time yeah. up the rail. <laughs> we were half hour there, so, man. Like I said, half hour afterwards, <laughs> Usos were still there and we were still singing. Like, in, into the car so, yeah. park, I went singing the Usos. And again, any other place where a grown man singing down since day one, Us, you know, might get looks, <laughs> but not, you know, people <laughs> joining in and, you know, just smiling and just being happy. Like I said, it's, it's great. And... You mentioned the great points. Well, Money in the Bank 2019, the kickoff show was Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns versus the Usos. The Usos, like I said, the first victory, uh, the first loss for Roman. And again, for what he's given, like Jay Uso and all this lot, I just think it was, it was great. The one thing that annoyed me more than anything else was the fans chanting old Solo Sokoa. Did you not forget <laughs> what he did at the Clash? I will never was, They do not that. care about Drew like you do. <laughs> No one, no one was remembering what Solo did at the Clash of Punk music. I was like, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> fuck you the only one there. But no, that's another thing, too. Solo is so good, because while Roman, after they kicked out of the, the, double move, the double move or whatever, when he stacked them, Roman, like you said, broke down, and Solo looked at Roman like, this is my chief? Like, get up, man. Let's get back to beating their ass. Because, like, <laughs> like you can't just sit there... Yeah. Yeah. And break down. Now we gotta finish them. Like I just love it. Like again, they 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 showing so many subtle hints that Solo is eventually gonna get tired of Roman's BS too. So we, like I said, it's just it was perfect. It was perfect in every way, shape, and form. I, and honestly, James, you let me know every time. I don't know, man. We've been on a roll when it comes to these main events with Roman. Like Roman, I, say what you want. He may not wrestle all the time, but so far every time he's in this bloodline storyline, he's gotten the main event opportunity he's knocked that match out of the park for the most part like the the, the worst thing i can think of was like the handcuff situation a few yeah, years yeah, back I mean, with kevin yeah, yeah. and even that match was good up until that point so yeah roman yeah. has been killing him man you gotta gotta tip your cap to the chief and even people saying oh this is his first match since wrestlemania you go really like it's his first match since mania like you, <laughs> but you right. forget crazy, like, right. like you, even you mentioned in jest about him not coming to the uk but he's not wrestled in what, what was it? Yeah. You know, three months. Like this nope. lasts forever. Like I know they're saying they're only on like chapter three or mm-hmm. whatever the fuck it is. But again, there is you know going to be an end game in place. And and this to have speaking of end game to have a civil war in the UK because like I said, people will be like, where were you for civil war? I was there, bitch. You know. But again, <laughs> <laughs> what what a match. Uh, I will. I mean, it's, it's fives all round for everybody. I will say, unless anybody wants to disagree. 
Nope. No, nope. no sir. Stuff. Like I said, what a story. Um, honestly, it was great. Uh, Rating-wise, now, before, because you know what my rating's going to be for this. It's going to be fucking stupid. But, again, we've been doing this now for a long time, guys, as you know. And do you remember when AEW shows were the kind of show to go to to have fun and a sing-along and kind of watch the talent? And then it's become kind of a bit bloated, a bit stagnated, a bit, you know, the talent too much. It seems like WWE and AEW changed uh, in the past couple of years with, you know, the streamlined premium live events, six to seven matches. It was, Money Bank was a party for three and a half hours. Three and a half hours of singing, cheering and everything else and that's what kind of events you want to go to i mean how much fun did it look you know that's how much fun it felt and these fans as well were investing their money and time uh for a show like this you know i think for me all it needed was like a cash in or well total change or maybe even like a five star match to be a 10 i can't give it 10 so i'm gonna give it nine and three quarters um monty what about you because this was just so much fun Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I thought it was a really, really impressive show. Uh, actually, that 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 last match I think had me so pumped and still ready for more that I, that was for the first time I ever actually sat and watched the press conference. I usually could care less what anybody, what any of them are saying, <laughs> but it was kind of like with the first Forbidden Door for me. Like the first Forbidden Door, I sat there and I watched everything Tony had to say. Oh, I, I, man, I kind of regret it because those, those, those AEW ones be kind of long. But, ah, anyway, go. It was, it wasn't bad. Like uh, again, I, I really <laughs> <laughs> exactly everything about it. Right, just you're up at two in the morning right, and you're still yeah. listening to Tony talk. Like, what the hell, Tony? Come, right, can we, can we move on? But yeah, no. Uh, this was this match again. I will always have a special place. That's another thing I love about these. Traveling out of the country, man. Like, do you understand how beautiful it is to be in America? Watch a watch a, a show that starts at two o'clock <laughs> in the after afternoon, and then it's over at five. And I'm like, oh yeah, man, this is awesome. I still got the rest of my day to, to I can do whatever I want. And I saw an awesome wrestling show. So yeah, man, I, I really was into it. Uh, I'm not as high as you because I, I have to be a subject. I have to, you know, I, I wasn't there. I have to be objective here. But I, I did give it nine and a quarter because it really was a strong, it really was a very, very strong money in the bank uh, pay-per-view. I didn't have a problem with any result, and I thought everybody worked hard. Nothing on this show was even remotely bad. So, yeah, I thought I thought this was, a lot, like you said, a lot of fun. And if you thought this was a party, that's what I'll tell you. I've been to WrestleMania. That's what WrestleMania is. A lot longer a lot more expensive, but that's really what it is. And the difference is with WrestleMania, it's like a three, four day party, <laughs> like leading, like depending on when you get there. But yeah, it that's exactly what it's like. So hopefully London gets that because it will be special, even if they charge you guys uh, your life savings. This, this is the problem. <laughs> this is the problem because sometimes, like I said, with wrestling events. It can become a pissing contest. Like I said, if a few guys chat and go, I've been to WrestleMania 36, 37, 38, whatever. So that right, yeah. I'm in a crowd. <clears throat> you know, it's like the guy will say many events, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, um, went to the Clash last year or something like that, but I kind of won't list them because you know what it's like with some people. And again, I know mm-hmm. other people. It's like, but every guy that's been to WrestleMania three times, there's a green shirt guy. So there's always a bigger fish. You know, to use the style exactly. of so exactly. it's just to enjoy the shows. And even if you're thinking, well, I'll never afford this, 
go to your local wrestling shows, you know, go see the guys. Yes. And who knows? You know, you get a connection with them. Who knows what they become in a few years' time? You know, like I said, start from the ground. That's why I was lucky to meet uh, the guys that I met. Uh, and it's the same here as well. But, you know, Money in the Bank was special. Um, Gina, what would you score Money in the Bank out of 10? I mean, there were one or two matches that I feel felt like house shows more than premium live event shows. Um, and so for that reason, I'm going to give it a nine. But I still think overall it was quite good for a premium live event. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, what about you? Um, I'm just I'm gonna go ahead and give it about a, like an eight and three quarters. Um, I thought overall it was good. There's a few things that I just feel like um they've dropped the ball with either too soon or just not at at the opportune moments that I would have uh probably have expected them to happen. So yeah, eight and three quarters. Yeah, uh, like I said, fantastic stuff. Uh, match of the night, I guess, all the main event. MVP, we didn't say MVP. Uh, Monty, who's your MVP of the night? Uh, okay, so uh, I, th- I remember, you may not remember this, James, it's been a while, but I remember when LA Knight first showed up on NXT, and even though he didn't win or anything, uh, but this, I, I told you, I did not give a damn about Eli Drake. And, 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 or whatever he was in the Impact. Like, a lot of people, now that I think about it, because I didn't even know he won the Impact World title until recently. Like, he did? That just show you how much I watched Impact. But again, I didn't care about him free in WWE, but, like, once I watched him in NXT and I seen what he was doing and the promos and you got the character work, and then you see what how what that has turned into into uh, on the main roster. LA Knight, just for how over he... It's just like nuclear type of feeling whenever he enters anywhere at this point. I have to give him some love. And the two Money in the Bank winners. That, like I said, I'm very proud of Damian Priest and EO Shirai, one of the best finishes. And also, uh, like we said, pretty much definitely deserves this spot. I think since it's Money in the Bank, the Money in the Bank winners are who I'm going to focus my MVP on. But I definitely want to show some love to LA Knight because he's come so far, honestly, in my opinion. Not only in my mind, just for my personal opinion, but just to see how many how loved he is, not only in America, but now in, just to see everyone in that building wanted LA Knight to win. And uh, yeah, man, I, I, I have to give him some love. But yeah, my MVPs are the money in the bank with him. Yeah. Uh, Gina, what about you? Who's your money in the bank? Uh, money in the bank. Who's your, it's been a long night. Who's your MVP? <laughs> uh, it's difficult. There are so many, just like Monty said, but I am going to give a special shout out or a VIP for Jay getting that pin because it was just long, long, long waited, I'd say, long anticipated. Mm. Um, Jaxie? Yeah, I gave my um, MVP to uh, Jay, but I do want to just give a quick shout out to the Money in the Bank winners as well, um, because I think, you know, both Damien Priest and EO uh, deserved it. Well, I hope you guys have left this one person out because you knew I was going to say his name. If, if not, then I'm a little bit miffed, but of course the MVP of the night is the return of Drew McIntyre. Like, Drew McIntyre is the MVP of Money in the Bank. Like... Oh, my God. What? He didn't even take a bump. Money. How we pissed off... Him for sure. How pissed off... Thank you, Jackson. How pissed off if I weren't... If he didn't show up? Come on. Would you really want to do that show? You would have got over it. 
Have you I got forgotten the clash? Have I forgotten the clash? Fair for it. Fair for it. It's pretty, pretty much the thing. I'm never going to get over that WrestleMania loss from Oscar, so. No, exactly. It sticks with you forever. Fair point. Oh, my goodness. So, Drew McIntyre is my MVP of the night. And like you said, Monty, he did a press conference. Uh, and I tell you, I've got a friend who kind of... I uh, got a friend who kind of watched these stuff and he was so impressed with WWE's production even with the press conference which Caleb Braxton hosts Cody Rhodes was there saying that London for WrestleMania would be amazing we're a great crowd and especially one guy who was there you know pointing at me and it's weird no uh, so Cody was very happy he said that maybe winning World Heavyweight title wouldn't be finishing the story Damian Priest Eosky and Bailey showed up uh Priest just looks cool now. Like, since he's won that briefcase, I know, Monty, you saw the press conference. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to be world champ. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm going to be champ. I know yeah, I no, I love his answers, too, because they were like, you know, do you have an idea who you're going to cash in? And all that Priest is like, I don't, basically, I don't worry about that. I'm, I know who is that. I know exactly what I'm going to do with it. Don't worry about it. It's none of your business. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's the confidence, like you said. It's, the, he, he, it's a new air of confidence when you achieve something like this. Yeah, and EO Bailey, uh, we're talking about sharing a briefcase. We'll see how far that goes. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez with a quick chat, talked about how good the women's division is. Seth Rollins came out. There was one weird question about, you know, Finn Balor being a hometown hero, even though he's from Ireland. And even Seth was going, no, they sang a few songs, and we did. Uh, <laughs> we was, uh, uh, was, I can't remember the songs we were singing, but Seth actually mentioned it as well. Uh, he also talked about Carmella Hayes and Nathan Fraser, which I know brought a smile to your heart, Monty, because there are boys, you know. Oh yeah, but also I want to mention that Nathan Fraser was one that he had to do out of principle. Melo is the true star because he he thought of him immediately, but then he was like, "Well, I, I guess I have to say <laughs> Nathan Fraser." <laughs> but yeah, uh, so there you go. Yeah, and then Paul, to bury Nathan, and then Triple H came out. <laughs> Uh, saying that the UK has been fantastic. Asked about WrestleMania. He says, oh, <laughs> I don't know. The, the problem is yeah. with WrestleMania is that they want cities to, to bid to have them. That's why Cardiff had yes, crashed they want money. They They right. paid about two right. and a half million to have the clan at Cardiff. London won't pay because, <laughs> believe it or not, London has the most tourists of any European city. So it doesn't need help yeah. getting people. Why would I pay you? Yeah, well, there's two you places. You should be paying us. New York. That's what London says. Yeah, New York and us. London are the two places <laughs> that will not pay for a WrestleMania. So, again, uh, ask whether we'll have another premium live event in 12 months. He's not sure. He's also not sure about NXT <laughs> Europe either. Um uh, about Drew McIntyre, he's not sure about where all he's the stories sure. come. He's not sure about a lot of stuff, really. Not um, sure about The UFC takeover, not sure. <laughs> Everything, uh, yeah. He's saying hopefully, but what we know is that the O2 <laughs> SmackDown became at the O2 became the biggest SmackDown of all time. Uh, most money for that, and Money in the Bank was the biggest arena show of all time, which means mm-hmm. it was bigger. Then the They'll first, be back. The first 20 <laughs> WrestleMania, you know, 21, 22 WrestleManias. Yeah. Bigger than that. Mm-hmm. That is just sensational, you know. So really, that says to me, they'll be back. 
Because they made money. They could print money. Like I said, they were printing. If they had LA Knight t-shirts and Money in the Bank briefcase, they would have made another couple of million. Like, I swear to God. Um, and quickly, because I know it's been a long one, but we'll just do Raw and SmackDown notes quickly. Raw, Smack, uh, Raw July 3rd. Annoyingly, Brock Lesnar returned to attack Cody because, like you said, Monty, he hates the UK. He's like, fuck the UK. Baltimore. Yeah, I'll wait till next night. Ronda Rousey was about to speak when Shane Baszler cut her off. Wanted to see you here anyway. Rock. Yeah, no, fuck you, bro. We never liked him, did we? Uh, another person we never liked is Ronda Rousey with Baszler saying we're sick of listening to you on the microphone, which, again, it's her best friend, and she's burning her like that. Yeah. It's just it's difficult. The knee Baszler hit on Ronda as well was very, very impressive. I mean, Jaxie, this is a Baszler you've been wanting to see for a while. Yeah, I mean, everyone, I think every single person probably has wanted to say what Shayna said on the mic to Ronda quite a few times. So even if it is just, you know, kayfabe for Shayna, everyone was behind her. So if they were hoping to make Shayna a heel out of this, they're sorely mistaken. She's very mistaken on this. So, and I can't help it. I got to stay behind. I, I, I must admit, I really like um, Ronda as a heel. And I think what her and Shayna were doing, I was all behind them. Um, I actually really enjoyed this version of Ronda. But I, I'm going to, I really like Shayna. So I really am going to enjoy just this feud of watching Shayna, like, hopefully be able to bury her. And put her <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. you think WWE are going a couple of months ago, right? The kind of the hills we're going to have LA Knight and Baszler. Like, they're going to be big hills for the next couple of months. And now, kind of look at them. One of the biggest hills, though, we've got, and new nickname, is Dirty Dom. Because Seth Rick and Rollins can't complain about it, but Dirty Dom faced him in the main event. Priest went to cash in and Balor prevented it. Was it an accident? Was it not? I don't know. Will there be a triple threat at SummerSlam? Probably. And then SmackDown, July 7th, Madison Square Garden, sold out. So we kept, uh, after singing out the O2, they just walk into MSG and sell it out. The trial of the tribal chief. Thanks to us, they now sing Uso's theme as they come to the ring, which is always good. Of course, they were happy about their victory, but were interrupted by Paul Heyman, who was flanked by Solo Sokoa. None of you will ever tell Paul Heyman to stop talking, the special counsel said. Just seconds before Sokoa stopped him from talking by taking the mic away. Uh, Roman Reigns, the undisputed W Universe champion, made his way out. He is so much with his character. Like, he does everything from the tone of his voice to the facial expressions and the body language to protection. Even trying to prop himself up by wearing a similar lay or, uh, of the tribal chief, despite coming off a loss. He said, who has the authority to call me out here and put me on trial? As he, uh, why he was called to New York City. Roman did it all for all of them, apparently, as the evidence mounted. He said, I'm done with all this. I don't want it anymore. You want it, it's yours, Rain said. Mike down, handed over the aforementioned lay. He tossed down the undisputed title, knelt before Jay, and delivered a low blow, proving once again that his manipulation tactics are better than anyone a brawl and should with Jimmy getting an absolute bat. Now, we've seen people get hit by title belts before. Right, but Monty, have you ever seen like a title belt? Nope. As much as that. <laughs> nope. I've, I've never seen you get down on top of a man and just keep hitting them with the belt. That's the first time I've ever seen that. 
So, no, I have to give him props. And, by the way, Roman Reigns is a freaking sociopath. <laughs> like, he cried a tear and everything. Yeah. But I I didn't believe one word he was no. saying. He, like, he's just, oh, he's, like you said, perfect execution. Perfect execution. He's he's sick. He's freaking sick. Well, <laughs> like, let's just be honest with you. Something's wrong with Roman. <laughs> I, I thought Roman had turned over a new Lee. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, and the timing of SmackDown though was way off after this, which was hilarious. It was just crammed into like a Pringles can. Austin Theory defended his US title versus Sheamus. Grayson Fuller effect with Edge, with Edge being like the old man and just being like, I remember being here in '98. (laughs) You remember Sable? She was good. (laughs) 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 Saying, like, you know, to Grayson Waller, you stood in the ring with John Cena. Six days later, you're in the ring with Rated R Superstar. That would, of course, lead to a match with Edge winning uh, and saying, hey, Waller, you swam, which was a nice show of respect. There was a brawl between the women. (laughs) AJ beat Karrion Cross, and Jey Uso returned to Madison Square Garden and laid a challenge down to Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Now, the question is, Jaxie, can Jay do it? We've seen him beat Roman at Money in the Bank. Are we going to have the end of the story nearly three years to the very start? We're definitely going to see the end of the story. I just don't know if it's going to be the way that we all want it to play out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's going to be so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just pretty. It's pretty scary. That that's all. That's all I can say about it right now. Because you know, I I would love to see Jay win, but ultimately, it, you know, you got to ask yourself the question: Isn't this what we're all kind of like thinking that Solo's going to be sort of coming for? Uh, you know, he really has been sort of so far showcased as the enforcer, as someone who really. Um, can be a formidable type of uh, wrestler towards Roman. So um, is whether or not we're actually believing whether or not WWE will put over put Jay over Solo. Mm. That's the bigger question. Well, like I said, it's going to be interesting. I mean, and, and Gina, like I said, with the story, Solo, I think, is key to this, isn't he? Like, I mean, to be fair, if he decides he wants to go with his brothers, Tribal Chief is done. So I think Solo... It's not going to be Roman retaining the title. It would be what Solo decides to do this next couple of months as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I still stand by that Jay has got had to be the one to like knock Roman off of his peg like that. And that's why I'm so grateful he got that pin. But I do see it more being Solo that's on top because even the twins even stated that, you know, when they were sort of coming for Roman just before Money in the Bank, they both said that they would see their younger brother as the tribal chief. And I suppose that's more them alluding to the fact that they feel they don't need to go for the world title as individuals. The twins are always going to be in the tag team sort of title runs. So for them, I don't really see it as them kind of being like, we want to embark on our own singles run. I see it as them being like, nah, we'll have a tribal chief, but we'll have our little brother there instead. Yeah, I feel like that. Well, yeah, thing- and Jay didn't want Jay didn't say anything about the belt. He said he wanted to beat up Roman too. That's another thing. Like, you got to watch what he said. It's not even really about the belt for Jay. He just wants revenge, uh, you know, and finally get his hands on Roman. So 
you know, I think it's definitely setting up because Roman exactly. is intimidated by Solo. He's intimidated. We can see it already. Roman yeah. is definitely intimidated by him. So that's already a start. How how great is it that we can get together? Like it feels like we get together like once a month for WWE stuff to talk about the bloodline. And it just evolves every month. Like I said, how can I get so much out of this? It's it's such a good thing. Uh, it really has been a pleasure to do the show today. One thing I haven't done, and I know I'm going to get me emails if I don't. Predictions. We didn't do the end of predictions. So the end of predictions, Jack C, unfortunately, you finished on four. Uh, the rest of us finished on five because we all went Roman Reigns. So it means WWE Prediction League, Jack C, you're still on one. Monty, Gina, you both get points. You go to three points. I get a point as well, so I go to four. Uh, so four, three, three, and one. Jack, see your run is over at the moment, but I think you're going to build momentum again and smash it through to the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is it then. Uh, don't forget, we're across all social media. Follow the WNR podcast. Uh, I'm follow us at the WNR podcast on Twitter. I'm at the WNRJR. You can find the entire WNR team on the Twitter banner. Monty, you're back. Like Drew McIntyre. <laughs> uh, tell people where people can find and listen to you. Thank you. Thank you. That's literally the name of, or the beginning of my newest episode of the podcast that I finally got a chance to release. Uh, it's not that long, but I got, got a chance to just run down some of my thoughts on what's been going on across wrestling in general. And, basically give everyone an update on how not only the future of the show, but just what I've been doing as a fresh parent and just the new, a new family, man. Everything is new for me, but, uh, uh I'm, I'm, we're pushing ahead. I will, we will be uh, getting these podcasts out. I'm trying to start back doing them weekly, but that's going to change, uh, you know, depending on my schedule. So, uh, yeah. So, but hopefully on the next show, I will give a, a good, my best shot at previewing the G1. I'm, I don't know if I can pick a winner. I don't know if I can tell you anything that you probably can't look up yourself. But I'm going to do my best. Uh, so please check it out, my G1 preview going into the G1 as it is coming up, I think, starting on the 15th. Yeah. It'll be here before you know it. And once it gets started, you'll be down 30 shows before you know it. So I'll do my best to try to keep you up to date. I, I check it out at my Monty Pod on Twitter. Yeah, so I do interrupt you. But like I said, we've got a week of freedom until the G1 ruins all our lives. Uh, <laughs> where can people find you? Um, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram at Jaxie Scarlet. And Gina, what about you? I'm also on both at Purple Pain. Don't forget, across all social media, Twitter, oh, don't really done that. Plug the stuff, done that as well. So it's been a long show, don't get me wrong. Dublin also on Facebook and Instagram. Across all group platforms, send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. YouTube, your latest clips and podcasts at the same time on YouTube. You do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, we can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So our next episode, next weekend, Monty, you and I, NXT update, Gold Rush. We're actually going to have a good update. Can you believe that? Right? Can you believe it? Can you believe it? A lot. We got a lot of stuff to to catch up on, though. You know, believe it. A lot, lot, lot of changes, but good changes so far. So I'm looking forward to it. We have we have six episodes, so it is going to be slightly longer, but it is going to be worthwhile. And in two weeks' time, the entire team will be back here because obviously uh, in August, 
Jaxi, Gina and I will be going to Wembley uh, to go see All In It. And of course, SummerSlam just around the corner. Uh, and with the success of Mystery Manias, I think we will warm up by watching SummerSlam 1992, which of course SummerSlam held at Wembley, which was 31 years ago. Well, until then, though, I've been James Rollins and was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. I hope you enjoyed today's show, Jaxie. I might have lost, but I still uh, am leaving it in high spirits. So on to the next one, and hopefully I'll be the one coming out on top. It's been fun. Right, and of course, the mind of Monty. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Salutations. Salutations. Adios. <laughs> and of course, the genius of Gina. See, Gina, we got through it. Yeah, thankfully we did. <laughs> I did better than I expected to, so I'm always going to be pleased with that. Yeah, well, we did it. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. <laughs>